609, good morning. Hello, how are you? Live. From the 18th floor of the 303 East Wacker building. I'm Steve, your radio friend. Let's dance. That's enough dancing. Speaking of dancing, Mary Vandevelt. Oh, boy. My streak of not watching Dancing with the Stars continues. What did I miss last night? Oh, it was such a disappointment. What happened? James Vanderbeek got booted out, and it was so sad because his wife suffered a miscarriage this how you, week. How do you know that? Because I said it on the show. That's terrible. He announced that they had a miscarriage, and okay, then so, he danced? Well, th- yes. So this this is number six in their family, and she's been on the show every week supporting him. Well, with, it's awful, obviously, but the children. timing, come on. It was so bad, and he has had a couple of rough weeks where I don't think his head's been in the game, obviously, and his wife told him from his her hospital bed to dance that night. So I think it just happened like two days ago or very, but it was so terrible because, you know, he didn't deserve to go. He was a great dancer. He just had a, a bad couple of days, obviously. And I was. So I don't, I, how does mad. it work? The judges decide, or well, America decides? America decides, and then they whittle. America whittles it down to two. Okay. And then the judges decide which of the two should go. So he got booted. Well, the other one was Allie Brooke. You know, she's. Uh, I don't know any of these people. What I think that's because the last because name. America doesn't know. know any of these people. She's a girls' band group or whatever. Okay. Um, she is very good, and she's had a great couple of weeks, and so. So who's left? Her and who else? Uh, she's left. Um, and Kel Kel Mitchell. What's his name? Okay. Keenan and Kel? Yes, he's yeah. left, and he's he's very good. And Hannah Brown, the Bachelorette, who I wanted to go. A oh, long that knucklehead's still on the show. Yes, okay. yes. And there's one. I mean, she's oh. gonna she's going to commit murder at some point. Do they realize? Tom Bergeron should have protection twenty four seven because at some point. Hannah Brown's just going to snap and start hurting people. Oh, yeah, she was very emotional. She cries all the time. She's Mary, just I just very feel emotional. The show is exploiting people's emotions. That's I, what they do. That and, and Kel, Kel last night dedicated a, a um, his dance to his one of his best friends who died in uh, a fight in Chicago when the kid was like sixteen. <laughs> it's like, can I one he up? Was crying. It's like, let me one up how horrible whatever Hannah you have Brown going. Is crying because Carrie Ananaba t- called her a cheerleader in one of her dances, so she got all upset about that. It's just everybody's crying all the time. <laughs> and there's Mary watching it. The only people who should be crying is ABC if the ratings don't yeah, go up. Yeah, it's bad. But the fun part is, I was I was watching it and texting with my sister, and my sister in law, who all three of us watched. Oh, you were hate watching. Yes, we were. Do you mm. have to have a glass of wine in order to yes. get through it? Yes, maybe a bottle. Red wine. Yes, <laughs> I have to have that. Uh, coming up, top six at six. Also on the show today, of course, we do a kid of the week every Tuesday. Um, it's got to have Will Quam that's on. He knows bricks. What? Where's more bricks than in Chicago? Brick architecture. Will Quam going to talk about that coming up? Well, trust me, you'll you'll be interested. I feel like you've been talking in a foreign language for the past five minutes. No, the uh, whole uh, uh, dancing thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Just... Happy birthday, Steve Krasinovich. Oh, oh, is that today? Yeah, yes, today. it is. Happy birthday, Thank you. Happy buddy. birthday. Thanks. <laughs> Why wasn't I wasn't I warned by my Cracker Jack staff? It's on the refrigerator. <laughs> yes, Steve. If you look at the refrigerator once in a while, I, he I wouldn't never open. Goes there. I wouldn't open that. I wouldn't ask uh, someone to open, open it, it for me. It's on the outside, the birthday yeah. list. Yeah, no, you expect me to notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Anyway, Steve, happy birthday. Thank you. Hey, Viv, could you forget about your duties here on the show and run out and buy Steve something? <laughs> <laughs> 
I made him a cake. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, good. Oh, wait. We're good. Well, I'll take care of it. When do we have that cake? I don't know. Maybe Breakfast cake. All right, we've got to take a break for the weather here, and then we'll come back. We'll do the top six. Also, how much do things cost at the Five Below store? How much? How much? How much? Five dollars and below. Nope, you're wrong. Four ninety nine. Nope, you're wrong. Details coming up on that. So, how much does it cost to buy something at Five Below? You guys said five bucks, four ninety nine. Yeah. Well, most of the store, but not all of it. They've raised prices for the first time in I don't know twenty years or something. So they have tech items that they're calling ten below. Okay. Like in one section of the store. They have tech items in certain things. So I'm just telling you, if you're in Chicago, greater Chicago area, throughout the Midwest, you're going to Five Below, you got five bucks, you're not going to be able to buy anything in the store. <laughs> like, what kind of tech items can you get for 10 <laughs> like Below? A, right. a calculator? Uh, yeah, a desktop computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Just the plastic part of it, right? I have got to find me a Five Below. I, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. But it's it's 10 Below Tech. And uh, it's a trending item this morning. So I thought you should know, man. I thought, listen, I'm trying to get you the information that's going to make your day. When's the last time you were in a five below state? Actually, I was in a five below a year ago. <laughs> Maybe a watch with a calculator on the watch? Like a like a Apple watch? Maybe a calculator. Yeah, $10. You're going to get an Apple watch for $10. $10. Like a knockoff. A, a knockoff. Ten below tech. What? Uh, headphones? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Flash drive? I'm intrigued. I don't know. But the dollar store is now $400. Uh, I don't know if you heard about that, too. So that was a real sad shock to a lot of people. All right, let me get to the top six at six here. This, of course, would be six items in the news that people are going to be talking about today. And uh, let's start here. A project to salvage Chicago's disappearing shoreline is kicked off on the far north side. This is important stuff. Marks another effort to combat near record high water levels. Uh, you know, we were talking about this in the spring and the summer where you drive up Lakeshore Drive. It looks like the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, the water, the legend lives on. The water is visibly much higher than it's been in forever. It is. I mean, you can tell, right? I'm not nuts. No, no. Think of how much it's rained in the last two years. It's been crazy. But it's intimidating to see the lake visually rise. And yeah, and still people run along the lakeshore. Hello. Yeah. One good wave and you're swimming. (laughs) Yeah. Really hard. Uh, the stabilization project led by the Chicago Department of Transportation and the Park District and the Army Corps of Engineers followed severe storms in recent weeks. It brought 12-foot waves onto the shoreline. You know, that's the thing, too. The water that high this winter, you get one of those storms where the lake's not completely frozen over yet, and you get that that lake ice water blown onto Lakeshore Drive. Hey, that'll be fun. Last Monday, uh, I was driving up Lakeshore Drive, and that was the day it was snowing. A week ago, Monday. And, it, I mean, it looked like the Atlantic. Right. Like the ocean's right there. <laughs> yeah. Surf's up. Um, it's a part of the city's water winter protection plan. It's going to start at Juneway Beach, work at Rogers Beach, Howard Beach. Anyway, they're trying to save us from the lake. The lake's about to attack. <laughs> Just so we're clear. Uh, the impeachment hearings resumed today. Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, decorated Ukrainian expert, uh, and a uh, guy with a pretty cool life story. He and several other witnesses are expected to testify. Impeachment investigators are also exploring whether President Trump lied in written answers to the special counsel jury. Uh, special counsel inquiry, I should say, into Russian intelligence interference. A lawyer for the House told a federal judge that if he did, it could provide the basis for another article of impeachment as uh, that goes on. Uh, there's a new way to hack your phone or lop- uh, laptop. It's called juice jacking. Hey, uh. heads up, man. I'm going to juice jack you. 
if perpetrators load airport or other public USB ports or USB cables with malware. Because that's the thing now, right? You go to O'Hare, you go right. to Midway. Charge your phone. Everybody's plugged into the wall. So if somebody has gone and juice jacked, uh, you're going to have some issues. You know, you throw malware in a computer or spyware, and then it can suddenly use your computer to, well, for evil. Not for good, for evil. I wish I were smart enough to be able to do that. Why, would you be a criminal? I, I would use it for good. I would I would use my malware for good. No, I don't think so. You, you know, if it, was, if it was for good, it wouldn't be called malware. It'd be called <laughs> goodware. Good goodware, right? Yeah. Anyway, sometimes the tainted USB cable, uh, USB cables, I should say, are giveaways. So, Hackers can then read and export your data, including your passwords, or even look up the gadget. Okay, so I I don't remember seeing cables provided. I mean, you use your own cable. They're talking about tainted cables. Yeah. So, well, I, th- I think the jacks can be jacked. Uh, the jacks, I could see. Or the, the jacks USB can be messed with as well. I could see. But, it's I like think, when you go to a gas station and the credit card stuff, right, and the right. reader has something taped to it. <laughs> Don't put your credit card in Right. I mean, I, you you always jiggle that thing to make sure it's right. actually, actually attached to the pump, right? But at I, this point, why would you, why would you do any would, of this I, stuff? No. And we, haven't we been warned? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it sucks, but you should you should suspect that in a, in a public data world, someone is out to get you. I mean, it's a terrible way to live, but you should absolutely expect, if you want to protect your data, that someone's out to get you and go through the steps that you have to go through to protect yourself. And by the way, that includes not saving your passwords on every website, mm-hmm. going through the, the, the deal where you got to punch your passwords in. It's an addiction, and when you're in the airport, you desperately need your phone to work. So I have been in desperate situations. Desperately? Desperately, because my phone's dead. My Mophie's dead. I, I, oh, I hate to have a somebody. dead Mophie. You should see yeah. a doctor about that. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's but, like, and then I need some juice so I can well, charge text somebody. It in, uh, charge it with a wall outlet. Use it. Just plug it in. Don't plug it into a I don't US. have a cord. Well, I carry a cord with you. <laughs> I, I just want James' head to explode right now. He's going into all dad mode. <laughs> I would also recommend a backup battery. However, as most of you may know, it was right. a backup battery that, that appeared to have caught fire yesterday at Midway and caused an incident with a plane on the ground. Where uh, the emergency crews came out and, and, and bomb squad and had to figure out why the plane could have been on fire. Because carrying a backup battery helps eliminate some of the security stuff. So. Oh, just can't live with them. Can't live without them. Cell or phones. hire someone to fly on a separate plane for you, <laughs> carrying your gear to the same destination. Your destination. Uh, next. Chick-fil-A said it's altering its approach to charitable donations following criticism by LGBTQ supporters. Of contributions made to Christian groups. Remember this came up a few years ago when yes. there was a Chick-fil-A that was going to open downtown here in the Loop. Was it in the Loop or maybe it was up in Lincoln Park? I don't remember. Well, that's in the Loop, uh, technically. Uh, but here's the deal. The the uh, the LGBTQ groups that are, are complaining are actually getting through to Chick-fil-A. But Chick-fil-A is now not donating to any organization that may have had anything negative to say about um, LGBTQ yeah. groups. There is a Chick-fil-A right on State and Lake. Okay. In Lake. You ever been that's to that not, one? That's not the one I'm talking about, though. There's one in Chicago Avenue as well, <laughs> and Michigan. Yeah, I know where the Chicago of. Avenue one is. <laughs> Jeez, you? Gee, you seem to know. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, uh, no, I mean, this was my tour. This, you know, really bothered a lot of my friends who were addicted to the Nuggets. Oh, the Nuggets search. they had to support their LGBTQ Joe, well, did you have an incident at the State and Lake one? Uh, no, I did not. I was wondering if G had ever been to that State and Lake one. Oh, okay. Because she's got all of them. 
Well, I mean, I just happened to be, you know. I think she was paying rent over the one at, uh, at State Lake. Chick fil A said it's committing more than $9 million to initiatives linked to the three areas they need to uh, clean up, might be a strong word, but uh, uh, deepen its giving to smaller number of organizations and do uh, greater good. Ah, that's good. Next, parents of children who are nearsighted will soon have another option for helping deal with that. The U.S. Uh, Food and Drug Administration has approved the first contact lens to curb myopia in kids between the ages of 8 and 12. So myopia is nearsightedness. Hmm. I just thought myopia was something like my mom's friends had when I was growing up. Oh, they are so myopic. Doesn't it sound like something that you know aunt your aunt would have? Uh, she's got the myopia. But nearsightedness. So if you're nearsighted, that means you can't see stuff far away? Yes. Yes, that's right. My, this is the best. I, oh. I, tr- I was nearsighted at the age of six. I was the first kid in my class to wear glasses. I would have loved <laughs> this. It happened to me in third grade. Oh, yeah. man. I was in, like, first grade. I have Terrible. an unreasonable fear that I'm going to be abandoned uh, somewhere in the woods, and then my contacts will... <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on. Let's stop there for a second. Okay, first of you all... You have a fear that you're going to be abandoned in the woods Without by who? Contacts. Like, I'm just saying, like, I was watching that show Lost, and I was thinking, what if an airplane crashed and I was stuck on an island? I have contacts. I think Mary can relate to this. Yes. My contacts would dry up. I wear dailies. Don't you have a pair of glasses? Yeah. No, I never carry a pair of glasses with me at all well, times. Well, considering the danger of the woods, maybe you should. Well, it's just a lot to think about and carry, and I would be terrified. I am so nearsighted that if I were I, a bear oh. could approach me, and I wouldn't know it was a bear until it was hugging me, plus or plugging, eating me. Plus, plugging your phone into those tree stumps can really cause a problem. Yeah, right. Because those tree stumps, they're they're rigged. They're rigged on you. Uh, so uh, here's the deal, kids. <laughs> Cooper Vision, a division of medical device maker, Cooper Company is trying to bring to, uh, to market something called MySight, M-I-S-I-G-H-D contact lens. Single-use disposable soft contact lens intended to be thrown out at the end of the day. And it's, uh, it's uh, to fix the condition, which where I'm being told in my headphones is a Greek word. Myopia? Myopia. Yeah, but it's uh, Viv is telling us it's, it's Greek. It's myopia. Myopia. Myopia in Greek. It's a Greek okay. word. Okay. The Greeks invented nearsightedness? Yes, they did. Okay, good. <laughs> and finally this, one of Princess Diana's most memorable looks is going to auction at Late Royals Midnight Blue Victor Edelstein, E.R. Edelstein, if you will, evening gown is to be sold at auction. I have one of these in Big and Tall for me. Uh, and Carrie Taylor Auctions estimated the dress could go for as much as $453,000. Diana famously wore the gown to an 85-state dinner at the White House with then-President Ronald Reagan, where she danced with actor John Travolta. I think it will go Love for that more. I think it will sell for more than that. So, where would you wear it? Well, I mean, I, I think you would have it at, you'd buy it and you'd have it at a museum. I don't think you would wear it. Well, certainly not in your case. You'll end up in the woods and the barrel will see it. <laughs> uh, all right, 6.30. Let's get an update on the news. Standing by with that is birthday boy. Happy birthday, Steve Grisetti. Thank you. Good morning. 35 degrees at 6.30. The news is sponsored by Townstone Financial. The state of South Dakota is being subjected to some online criticism after unveiling their latest anti-methamphetamine campaign. The campaign launched by the state Department of Social Services is simply titled Meth, We're On It. It features a new website, billboard, and ads with people frankly saying they are meth users. 
The effort, which has cost almost $500,000 so far, has been widely mocked on social media following its release, many slamming the simplicity of the message and criticized spending so much taxpayer money on a campaign built around those three words. The South Dakota governor says that the point of the campaign was to raise awareness, and so it is, in fact, working. Is there a comma in that? Um, the uh, Let's see. It, says, it just says meth, we're on Meth, it. period, we're on it. Yeah. No, but but I, I don't know that people aren't finding that ridiculous because it says we're on meth. Yeah, I mean it's a picture of the, a picture of someone that says meth. I'm on it. I get that it's oversimplified. It's a picture of a kid's high school football team. Meth. We're on it. Don't you think people are upset about the fact that it looks like it's promoting meth? Obviously, it's not. But the, stu- the stupidity of it. Well, yeah, I think, and I think it's they tried to do a play on words here, right? So that <laughs> it's not good, and it's not worked out so not well. Good. Yeah. Um, meth. We're on it. Worst advertising slogan, promotional slogan ever. Uh, it's got to be close. So we kind of stumbled into a text question here: three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Worst slogan ever. And by the way, you can make one up as well. I think we all remember that great slogan, opioids, we'll take them. Remember that? <laughs> remember that? I mean, that wasn't good either. Cocaine. Oh, you got it. I mean, that's no good. No. So, worst slogan ever, 312-981-7200. Text me. That's the text question You know, and Steve, as, as I look over this thing again, I've watched this ad now a couple of times. Uh, are they trying to say, okay, we're on the problem. We're trying to fix it? Right, or? right, right. I think that's exactly no. what they're trying to say. No, it looks like the little poor football player is taking math. <laughs> it's just not good. I'm not good at all. It's Steve Grzanich's birthday today, Steve, and I blew it. I uh, didn't know, so I'd like to buy you breakfast. No, that's all right. No, no, I'd like to buy you breakfast. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to decide where you want breakfast from any place that serves food within... What do you think, uh, Viv, 100 yards of 303 East Wacker? <laughs> so that, would be, that would be Duncan, right? That would be the Duncan. Well, you got Duncan. You got, you, got the, uh, you got the right next door. You got the Swiss Hotel. Does right? the Palm have a, a oh, breakfast? Yeah, you're right. yeah Palm oh, serves breakfast. Palm. Oh, you're there you go. Right. Oh, okay, let me read. I didn't say everybody, Mary. I said <laughs> Steve. <laughs> hey, I made the cake. <laughs> All right, you and, uh, you and uh, no, Steve. No, that's okay. I brought my yogurt. So, uh, Steve, uh, take a look at the Palms menu and when they open, and uh, we're going to buy you breakfast today. Okay, by we, it. I mean me, because nobody else is going to tell me. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to do Kid of the Week here in a couple of minutes, and uh, also before uh, the uh, show is complete, uh, Dean will be on later, Dylan Strom will be on from the Hawks, Adam Hogue will be on. Where are we with Hipgate? Uh, where we are is that uh, Matt Nagy said, look, the, the hip injury occurred late in the first half. It was a hip pointer. They examined Trubisky at halftime, felt he could continue to play. He was cleared to play, but it tightened up on him as the second half went on, and he got to a point where he couldn't even sit on the bench. He was in so much pain. Um, so when I say hip gate, the water gate for hips, uh, <laughs> yes, I, the Bears are sticking to their story. Yeah. I I mean, I don't look, I don't see any reason really – if, if he's going to pull him, he could pull him. I don't think they need to create a reason to make a quarterback change. Coaches do it all the time. But, but then why, you know, the plastic tent around their heads as they were talking uh, Sunday night on Sunday Night Football? Well, it's a private conversation. Well, there's no HIPAA violation in the NFL. No. 
No, he just he he was giving him a pep talk, and I, I think he wanted because he didn't want to leave again. Kind of private. So we should we should give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, that's yeah. I mean, look, he's. I don't think he's going to stand up the day after and say we're being totally transparent here. Here's what happened. Really, in 2019, you don't think anyone would stand up? I'm not saying public? anybody. Okay. But I- <laughs> Uh, how about this from a waterproofing company? A dry crack's a happy crack. <laughs> this is another. This is another actual slogan used. It's this real. by a, a a a septic tank company. Okay, we're number one in the number two business. Oh, that makes sense. It's not a it, good slogan. I'm sorry, it's it, not a good slogan. It's not. It could even be something as simple as. Um, Something that doesn't quite make all, sense all the way. Like M&M's, they would always say it melts in your... Mouth, not in your hand. But what, why? <laughs> well, I mean, because, it does melt in your well, hand because, if you hold it long enough. Well, because if you hold on to a Hershey bar, it'll melt faster. If you hold on to a Three Musketeers, you got nougat problems. You know what I'm saying? Well, M&M's are smaller. They're going to melt faster in your hands. Best worst slo- I don't disagree. Best <laughs> worst slogans are those that are uh, ported to other cultures, uh, exported to other cultures and countries, like translations. For instance, somebody points out in Spanish, Chevy Nova means Chevy Nogo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say hi to this week's Kid of the Week. And uh, good morning to you, Catalina. Hi, good morning. Catalina Koshik, right? Yeah. How are you, Catalina? Good. Is it Catalina or Cat? Um, Catalina. Okay, you're eight years old? Yeah. What grade are you in? Um, third grade. And, um, you invented something we'll talk about in a second, but, uh, what do you do for fun when you're not at school? Well, um, sometimes I play with my cat. Okay, what kind of cat? Um, I don't know, but my cat's name is Spike and he likes whipped cream. Oh, okay. that's on that's on Spike's dating profile online. Um, and Cat, uh, 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 what do you want to be when you grow up? Or Catalina, I'm sorry. What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, I want to run a doggy daycare and be an artist. Oh, very nice. Oh. Very nice. Maybe you could do like portraits of the dogs that come in that you take care of. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever tried to try to do a picture of your kitty? Oh, yeah, I did try to draw one of him once. But he probably wouldn't hold still long enough, huh? <laughs> no. He's running around like crazy. Do you have any brothers and sisters? Um, Yeah, I have one brother named Carter. Carter older or younger? Um, Younger. How much younger? How old is he? Um, He's six. He's six. I bet you're a good big sis. And I bet he doesn't listen as much as you'd like him to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough being a big sis. Uh, gee, say hi to our new friend here, Catalina. Hi, Catalina. I also have a cat. So, uh, we're, you have how many yeah, cats? We, I have two cats. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I feel like we're, you know, connected. Mm-hmm. You didn't see her at the meeting? At the big cat no, owner's meeting? I didn't. Okay. No, no. Well, what do you want to ask Catalina? Um, I want to know about your invention. Let's talk about this. It sounds so cool. It's called a glow belly. Can you describe what a glow belly is? So it's a stuffed animal with glow-in-the-dark vinyl stomach, and then it comes with a UV light. Then you can um, draw on its stomach with a UV light. Oh, that's really cool. And it glows in the dark. How did you even come up with this idea? So it's kind of dark in my room, and I don't, I do not like the dark. Um, so I decided um, to like make like a stuffed animal or something like that. 
I think this is super like, cool. Glow, glow in the dark. This is super cool because I was afraid of the dark too when I was growing up, and this would have been really handy because it's like a nightlight too. And tell me if I'm right about this, Catalina. Uh, it was like a year ago, and uh, you asked if you could use the glow in the dark vinyl that you had and have your mom or your dad, one of them, help you put that on your teddy bear. Yeah, that's right. And that and that's how you came up with glow bellies. Yeah, it's a really cool idea. I mean, this needs to be this needs to be uh, uh, done up as a as a toy. All the big shot toy manufacturers listening around the country, Dave, they need to get on this. No, no question. I think we'll start by paying for Catalina's college. Catalina's on to something here. It's a cool idea, Catalina. Do you think of stuff all the time? Yeah, that would be great. (laughs) Would be great. Uh, Do you think of stuff you'd like to invent all the time? Um. Yeah. Well, we'd like to hear your other ideas, too, when they come to you. We don't want you to give them away now, because you, um, you never know who's listening, unless you have one. Um, I want to make, like, the glow bellies, like, into um, pillows and blankets and maybe, like, curtains and stuff. Well, that's a cool idea. Oh, I like the curtain idea. What an innovator. Now, the glow bellies, are they all bears, or are they different animals? And I know you're really artistic, so how did you put your own creative touch on the glow bellies? Well, um, it has, like, a little necklace. Um, this one's necklace, like the one I'm holding right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's made of out of my brother's underwear. What? With a bow tie. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's new underwear, clean yeah. pair. You didn't know he was missing it. Yeah, I got the... <laughs> that's good. You're recycling. You're reusing uh, right. stuff around the house that... Otherwise, wouldn't be used. And you sent us pictures of you hugging your bear and a couple other bear examples. Um, where can people see this okay. stuff? Um, I have an Etsy store called Globelly Designs. And is that GlowbellyDesigns.com? Um, if your mom's there, ask her. It's an Etsy store. I don't know. Well, it's okay. Ask your mom. It's fine. We're okay. Yeah. Mom, is it GlowBelliesDesigns.com? It is? It's, uh, no, it's on, the, it's on Etsy. So if you look on oh, Etsy, Etsy okay. it's called Glowbelly Design. Very oh, cool. Gotcha. Very yeah. cool. Wonderful. I think it's a really cool idea, Catalina, and I hope you keep thinking of new stuff because you're very smart. You know, you think about these blackout curtains. Like in my office at home, I've got blackout curtains, mm-hmm. and they're great. I mean, I don't nap. You know me. I'm up all the time. I'm always thinking. But if you were to take a nap, say, in the chair and a half, the most comfortable chair in the world with blackout curtains, that's pretty great. But if you had if you had curtains or blinds and you were able to have the glow belly design on either one, come on. It's like your great. own nightlight situation. Yeah, that's really true. Right. Catalina, I think this is just the beginning. I think you're Impressive going to be creating a lot of stuff that we're going to be looking forward to using. You didn't tell us what school you went to, and is there a teacher or a a fellow student you want to give a shout out to? Um, yeah, I have three students I want to like give a shout out Go to. Ahead. Um, at Sycamore Trails, mm-hmm. um, Daniela, Marissa, Creekmer, and Haley, and then I don't know, and then Brianna. And how about a teacher? You got a teacher you want to mention? Uh, Miss Tracy. Okay, well, very good. Okay. Uh, keep taking care of that little brother. He'll come around someday. <laughs> yeah. And give mom a hug. And again, it's on Etsy and it's Glow Design. Glow Belly Design. Glow Belly Design. Glow Belly Design. Oh, I'm sorry. Glow Belly Design. Yeah. I E or Y? It's uh, um, um, I E S. Mm-hmm. I E? Glow Bellies. Yep. 
Okay, uh, glow bellies. Mm-hmm. Yes, because I just tried looking design. up B E L L Y and that didn't work. I E S. So glow bellies design on Etsy. All right, cool. Thank you very much, uh, Catalina, and thanks, Mom. Thank you. All right, don't hang up. Don't hang up. Uh, what are we giving uh, our friend Catalina, Super Joe? I mean, we could give her the breakfast we're getting for Steve Gazanich <laughs> if she's hungry. I don't know if it'll keep all the way to Bartlett. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty good. But we have a uh, Lou Malnati's gift card and an apt gift card for Catalina. So all right, Lou Malnati's and app. Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, Catalina is my dream friend. She wants to open up a docky daycare. She wants to do, like, paint and create art all day. It's really your dream, isn't it? Yes. She has a cat. Have you ever thought about um, um, getting the cats you have? You have two cats. I don't know if you know that. (laughs) The two cats you have. Dave, what do you think of this? I mean, I'm just brainstorming here, but she has two cats, and you get eight different colored uh, containers (laughs) of paint. And you let the cats run in the paint and then run around on a canvas. Steve, it would be like a Jackson Pollock. That's exactly right. But with cat feet. Cats and Pollock. Huh? That's what we did there? Yeah. I think you may have something. I just think Catalina is the coolest girl. All right, so, uh, Steve, have you selected breakfast yet for you? You know, let's just make it easy. How about, um, I don't want to eat in front of everybody. That's number one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if anybody else wants anything, I'll chip in. To, to, no, 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 no. But uh, just make it easy, Dunkin' Donuts. Well, that's fine. Just have like a sausage sandwich. Do you want the there. Beyond Meat breakfast no, sausage? No, I think I'll go for real sausage. <laughs> yeah, actual food? Day. Yeah. Um, and uh, so we can do that. But I just want you to know that I'm willing to pop for anything on the menu at the Palm. You well, should order okay. shrimp cocktail. <laughs> I think it sound like you won the lottery. <laughs> and so, Giant, uh, do I have to go get it, or do? How, oh, no, 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 about, no. Vivian is de- is demanding the opportunity to go get it to for go your birthday. It. So she's going to have to carry something back from the palm. Yeah. We, we can do Dunkin' Donuts. I'll give you. I'll tell. You, I'll give you the newscast to decide. By the end okay. of the newscast, right. you'll give us your decision. We'll do. Uh, all right, let's do this. We're going to take a break. Come back. Get you the e news. It's uh, a couple minutes away here, and then after seven o'clock. Uh, I got some good news and some bad news. There's a professional golfer that uh, did something incredibly sweet. Might make you cry. And then on the other side of things, somebody that you would like to run over with your car. Um, So we'll uh, get you both of those because there is good and bad in the world and the good wins. Wow. What an odd time for me to go through puberty. (laughs) You're finally growing up. (laughs) Look at (laughs) What? (laughs) This is very strange. Very strange. Um, let me give you some good news here, because I like this story. Uh, there's a professional golfer who had an opportunity to qualify for the British Open, and as Dave will tell you, that's a very big deal. That's uh, one of the four majors around the world, as a matter of fact. And uh, over the weekend, um, this went down Sunday at the Visa Open de Argentina in Buenos Aires. Brendan Matthews had to make an eight-footer in a playoff hole to keep his championship hopes alive, keep the playoff he was in going, and if he wins a tournament, he makes the British Open. In the middle of his backswing for this eight-foot putt, somebody yells out from the crowd. And obviously he was upset, like literally in the middle of his backswing, and he missed the putt. Um, shortly after, he was told by someone, we're very sorry, but it was uh, someone who suffers from Down syndrome, and they didn't mean to to you know blurt out, and, and I'm sorry. He immediately ended the conversation, ran over to find the individual, who was a 25-year-old man, uh, he said, I kind of flinched on the putt. I knew I immediately missed it. I thought someone had done it intentionally. I was frustrated. 
Now, imagine after you tell the golfer that and you see the golfer run towards the fan. You're probably thinking, oh, no, this is going to be bad. Mm -hmm. But he raced over to the fan, insisted he give him a hug, handed him a signed golf glove and a golf ball. He said, I gave him a hug and I asked him, hey, you doing okay? You having fun? I just wanted to make sure he was enjoying himself, that he had no hard feelings, and I didn't want him to feel bad about what happened. How awesome is that? That's a great story. Fabulous story. I mean, this guy this guy misses his chance to make the British Open, and he sees the bigger things in life. Mm-hmm. And a direct quote from Brandon, Brandon Matthews, some things are bigger than golf. Yeah, we lose sight of that all the time. He said, some things are bigger than golf. I didn't want anyone to be mad at him. I don't want him to be mad at himself. I just wanted to make sure he knew that I wasn't mad. That's all I wanted to do. I love that story. It's a great story. I um, tell you that every day, Steve, some things are bigger than golf. <laughs> if only you I just would, look at me and cross your eyes. If only I would listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, all the people in the world are not good people. Um, and uh, I, I just don't even know... Um, I don't know. I don't even know how to wrap my heads around this. My heads? My head around the story. Family in Toledo, Ohio, speaking out after an anonymous person responded to their plea to help them uh, financially uh, cover their son's medical treatments by saying that their child should die. Casey Ayler's infant son, Randy James, or RJ, was diagnosed with two rare medical conditions when he was born in July. One is something called agenesis of the corpus callosum, means the center of his brain is underdeveloped. He was also born to something called trisomy 9 mosaic syndrome. It's a rare genetic chromosome disease. So family's clearly going through hell. You can imagine the medical expenses. In his three months on Earth, he's been to 15 specialist appointments, um, which he wrote on her GoFundMe page. Uh, the family has insurance, but wrote that the bills are beginning to stack up. One generic test alone cost $10,000. Uh, the insurance company stated it wasn't medically necessary. The Ayler family managed to raise about four thousand. They had a goal for to raise twenty thousand. I mean, obviously, they're raising twenty thousand to pay medical bills, not to go to Bermuda, not to go on some family vacation, not to go to the casino, and to draw more attention to their plight. They put up six signs around a local mall describing the disabilities that the, the little boy is going through. Last week, there was a sign posted below one of the signs that the family put out that said. Stop asking for money. Let the baby die. It's called Darwinism. Happy holidays. Oh, my goodness. Wow. How much hate do you have to have in your hearts? How terrible must your own life be that you think that's okay? That you think it's okay to have this sign, which, honestly, the sign looks like it was professionally done, like he ordered it or something, um, or hand-painted it. But how miserable must you must, uh, you know, you get up in the morning and you got this kind of hate in your heart. I, God bless you. I hope you go out and get some help. Because it ain't the world, it's you. All right. But they probably won't. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, you're right. Right. You're right. But you think about it. Everybody's got other people in their lives that have to put up with this person. <sighs> Whoever it is. And that's the other, the cowardice of this. You know what? Put your name on it. So proud of your stance, put your name on it. So it's, it's like every coward that does a comment on the Internet. All right, 714, Steve Cochran Show. Just focus on the golf story is my message, and we'll continue in a moment. Uh, there are some folks trying to find the uh, glow bellies, and uh, we're going to get some clarification so we can give you the right Etsy address. We're not sure we did, so uh, stand by for that. Will Quam's coming up. Will's coming in studio. He's at Brick of Chicago on Instagram. And, um, you know, you may take it for granted because you're here, but you drive around other cities, you don't see the kind of bricks 
that we have here. Bricks are a big part of the city, Dave. Huge. Yeah. yeah. And Will right now is in the PPG Paints green room, standing by. So Where there are no bricks. It's a good point. He's probably really annoyed by that. <laughs> yes. I can ask him about tuck pointing. Oh, that'd be great. And our regular feature, tuck pointing corner. That's true. I didn't even thought about that. Uh, well, listen, everybody loves Christmas, or at least I hope everybody loves Christmas. Uh, it's certainly my favorite holiday. And uh, if you have little kids, it's even more special. Now, I think I told you this. I had an agent, a uh, very cool guy, passed last year, but his wife was phenomenal. And uh, just beautiful Austrian lady. And you didn't cross her, um, but she was uh, just a wonderful person. And she insisted that her children... Um, as they grew up, do a, a, a list, a Christmas list for Santa Claus, including after they were out of the house. Her son, uh, both kids are successful. The daughter's a producer on Good Morning America, and her son uh, is, I think, still the current attorney general of the state of Minnesota. And uh, mom's go- mom and dad are both gone now, but I, I would guess that uh, both of them still, Steve and Andrea, they both still make Christmas lists out to honor their mom. So the idea of a Christmas list is cool, right? So there's a guy that went viral last night uh, talking about his daughter's Christmas list. Here's what's on her list. And maybe she's got a little bit of a lack of sense of how much some of this may cost. An iPhone 11, AirPods, a new MacBook Air, a real-life bunny, clothes, makeup, pink Pumas, a Chanel purse, Perfume, an American Girl doll car, new shoes, earrings, and jewelry. By the way, the spelling is tremendous because, you know, she's like 10 years old. Uh, Let's see. uh, Checkered Vans, that's shoes. A GoPro. Clothes for the real live bunny. Um, A uh, LOL doll camper. I don't know what that is. LOL dolls. Big sister in Chalet. New sheets and cover for my bed. An alarm clock. And here's my favorite. And (laughs) (laughs) $4,000. Now you're talking. That's awesome. $4,000 in 20s delivered to my room immediately, and there won't be any trouble. You know, the beginning you could probably handle with a bundle. (laughs) Yeah, right. Get the phone, the the AirPods or whatever they're called. (laughs) She got limited the list to a real live bunny and $4,000. Real live bunnies. Now that's a good one. That's adorable. There are a lot of people that have, have bunnies as pets. What do you think she would use the four G's on after I don't everything know. else on the there list? There had to be something in her head that cost four thousand dollars, right? Support the bunny. It's nice. bunny food, bunny. Are bunnies that expensive? Accessories, yeah. No, if you no. Get one of those long-haired bunnies that roam free in your house. After oh, a list like that, I don't think that four G's is going anywhere else besides something for her. Right? That's not going for the bunny. No, I don't think so. Maybe either. she's buying other people gifts. <laughs> right? She needs it for her list. Yeah. The lists that are coming in. You know, uh, Mary Vandeveld and I are registered, uh, licensed, card-carrying grandparents. And uh, Abigail Grace, uh, world's greatest granddaughter, uh, world's greatest grandchild. I mean, I'm sure your grandchildren are great. Yeah, but come on. I'm sure yours are fine. Corey and Bailey. I'm sure they're great. Um, but Abigail Grace is going to turn four uh, next month, so she got a big birthday party uh, coming up. And um, one of the things that she's starting to grow out of, other than naps, is also every time she would wake up from a nap, I'd say, did you have any dreams? And she said, yes, I dreamt about bunnies. And then she'd talk about what color the bunnies were. My favorite, though, is when she said, I dreamt about you chasing a bunny and you couldn't catch it. (laughs) 
Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong at all. All right. Earlier in the show, uh, we talked about this. Um, there's a slogan. Is this South Dakota? Uh, I, I believe it was South Dakota. Steve, is that right? The meth thing? It is South Dakota. We're on meth. Meth, period. We're on it. We're on it. And the slogan is meant to uh, uh, communicate that the government of South Dakota and the law enforcement authorities are on it. But amongst the various uh, billboards that they have up and and print advertising, there are pictures of real South Dakotans um, who are uh, fighting the scourge of meth, especially in rural areas in this country. Very worthy idea. But meth, we're on it, is getting mocked. Because, for instance, one of the the advertisements they have up is of three high school football players. Another is a guy that runs a farm. (laughs) You know, and I know they mean well, Steve, but not a great slogan. Yeah, it feels like they could have uh, found something else. Although, as the governor said, uh, they are getting attention, so... Well, maybe maybe that's it, because I picture the room where the advertising agency, assuming there is one, or at least the other people in the room... You know, they're pitching ideas back and forth. Somebody comes up with this, and there's not one person in the room that goes, hold it a second. Aren't people going to think we're on meth? Yeah, and if you're one of the actors who does this commercial, uh, do you really want to be saying on camera, hi, I, I'm i on meth? <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> you want to do that know. or not. Here's a few more from listeners. I said, worst advertising slogan or maybe the most creative of all time. 847. Do you remember the 7-Up slogan? Make 7-Up yours? <laughs> well, there was a dash between the 7-and-up. Make seven. Up yours. <laughs> uh, Pepsi, the choice of a new generation. That was a while ago, but in China, it was translated and came out, Pepsi will bring your family back from the dead. Wow. And a um, uh, sign outside a dental business called the Howard Family Dental. I don't, I don't know where this is located, but Howard Family Dental, we do business in your mouth. Oh, that's that's, no, no, (laughs) no, no. no. Well, I'm just telling you, that's the actual slogan of this particular business. Steve Cochran. (laughs) Would you like to see the sign? Uh, There's the sign. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm not making this up. Uh, Let's see. Can verify Uh, that it was real. I just saw it. uh, Ace Radiator, and uh, this is somewhere in the Burbs. Oh, it's in Waukegan. And uh, we got something from a business in LaGrange as well. Ace Radiator, great place to take a leak. Mm -hmm. Right? Solid slogan. Mm -hmm. And Chicago, period. Taxes, period. We raise them. Okay, that's more direct. There's no real hidden message there. So keep them coming. 312-981-7200 is the number. In the meantime, i got to try and raise a little money for this kid that wants four grand and help that dad out. Uh, How about this for a Chicago Bears slogan? This is from another helpful listener. The Bears. We're not who you thought we were. (laughs) That's pretty accurate not bad i'm going to get you the uh, gofundme page for that family trying to uh, raise money to pay their medical bills and um it'll be uh, uh the etsy uh, address that, uh, by the way we're still looking for the etsy address i apologize it should not take this long uh but we will get that for you as well and obviously that'll be on with the podcast for this morning's kid of the week as well um, I feel like we should wear a button that says, bear with me. I'm still in training, but we're working on it. We're going to get it as soon as possible here. All right, our Cracker Jack uh, investigation staff, G, has come up with a couple of things here. Yes. One in regards to our little Globellies friend yes. from Kid of the Week. There's a technical problem uh, with the Etsy page. Right. And that's going to be rectified in the next couple of hours. Yes. So we will said. repeat it tomorrow again and again. Absolutely. Okay. She said that after she dropped the kids off 
from to school. She's going to address the issue, and it will be up and running. But we will remind everyone tomorrow. And uh, the little baby I just talked about with that hideous sign that was put up. Right. Um, A terrible story. Yeah. That story can be um, um, made less terrible with this news. Uh, The family's goal was originally $20,000. $24,000 has now been raised at the GoFundMe page. Certainly, you could help as well. Um, The actual GoFundMe address is a little complicated because it lists the syndrome of uh, uh, a little Randy James. But if you search their last name, Ehlers, A-H-L-E-R-S, when you go to GoFundMe.com, the first thing that comes up is this cute little baby's face in Toledo, Ohio, and that's the story if you choose to help. Okay? Ehlers, A-H-L-E-R-S. All right, at 741, Will Quam is with us. Just left the PPG Paints green room, and it's nice to see you, Will. Thanks, and welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. You're 28 years old. Yep. You're a theater teacher. Yep. And where do you do that, by the way? Uh, I teach for Northlight Theater, Writers Theater, and a youth theater in Evanston called Mudlark Theater. And you've been in town for how long? Six years. Six years. You went to school in Ohio. You're a Minnesota guy. Yes, indeed. <clears throat> when did you fall in love with Chicago bricks? About a little over three years ago, I started noticing how repetitive the building forms here are, you know, bungalows and two flats, and that it was the brick that, that made each one unique, and that especially the Chicago common brick uh, covering the sides and backs of so many buildings and how I'm, unique it was. I'm sure you know more than I do about this, but my understanding was brick became the preferred method after the Chicago fire. Yeah, indeed. And the bricks come largely from where? From here, from Chicago, yeah. They dug into the riverbeds. They uh, dug all around, finding this great clay that made these beautiful yellow, pink, and red bricks. Uh, and by 1910, Chicago was making about 10% of all the brick in the country. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and somebody told me, too, the uh, the west coast of Michigan, there's a lot of uh, masonry that goes on. I, 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 yeah. The brick is sent over. Yeah, exactly. All right, so... Um, uh, you're 28 years old. You love brick. Yeah. Mason Mason family? Uh, no, my parents are politicians, and uh, <laughs> and I went to school for theater. So, <clears throat> so you had bricks thrown through your window, yeah, uh, exactly. depending on their Probably, politics. Yeah. Uh, and uh, where has this brick, uh, outside of your Instagram page, which is extremely popular, which tell people what it is? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Brick of Chicago. Brick of Chicago. Mm. But what do you do with this, this this fascination in your life? Yeah, so I it started just with taking pictures and, and educating people about, uh, you know, there's a secret language uh, of brick surrounding us, you know, and you'd call it a different name based on how it's oriented. You call it a different name based on how it's laid, and they come from all over the country. Uh, and so I, I've gone from uh, taking pictures now to leading walking tours as well. Wow. Yeah. So you, this is uh, developing into a career you didn't plan on having. Yeah, really, not at all. If you had asked me uh, four years ago what color is a brick, I would have said red and thought nothing else of right, it. But now right, right. I see this whole world. Well, I I want to know your top three favorite places in terms of a representation of unique brick. Oh, yeah. Uh, number three. Number three, I would say, is probably, I'm going to go with the Northwestern University Settlement House in Noble Square. It's a beautiful late 1800s. Uh, I think it's actually 1901 building. It uses a crisp red brick. Dave, do you remember when that went up? <laughs> yes, I was. I was a freshman. <laughs> <laughs> Go catch Northwestern grad right there. Very good. Number two. Number two. Uh, I will say uh, St. Paul Catholic Church down in the Pills and Heart of Chicago area. Yeah, beautiful church. Bricks all laid by the parishioners. Incredibly uh, intricate shaped bricks. And don't say number one yet. Don't this is what one. we all call right. a broadcast tease. All right. Very good. <laughs> Stand by. We'll come back with that in a second. First to forecast. Back to Steve the birthday boy. Well, by the way, did you get your breakfast? Well, I did. It's very delicious. Thank you. All right. So I was going to pop for. Anywhere in town within 100 yards of the building, which included the Palm, and you went for Dunkin' Donuts. Right, I'm a cheap date. 
Yes, you are. Uh, Happy birthday. It's delicious. Thank you very much. i got to say that G's impression of producer Vivian is really getting stronger and stronger by the minute. She's not listening. Yeah. No. <laughs> what else is new? No. Uh, G, ask G, Viv, to uh, do her impression of you at some point. It's pretty good. Oh, great. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's an homage. With love. Well, that's one word for it. Slogans keep coming in. Again, uh, meth, we're on it. Uh, from the government of South Dakota. Not a great idea. 269. A business called Joy's John's in Indiana. Their slogan, we go where you go. See what they did there? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See what they did there? Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, it's also not the typical ad in the sense that usually it's people... If they are on drugs, they don't look great. They look worse for the wear. Yeah, so but all the, the people featured in the ads who are photogenic and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, if you if you have a meth problem, generally you're not all that picturesque at right. that point. Three one two. Many years ago, a fastener company signed: "We sell screw, uh, screws, bolts, and nuts to you." <laughs> See, the punctuation is really important with these it things. Is. So. Uh, septic company uh, um, side of the truck. Your crap is our bread and butter. And then uh, several things about um, uh, companies that uh, uh, dig holes. And even though they're legitimate companies, I just don't feel like having that meeting. <laughs> so it's uh, seven fifty. The guest in studio is Will Quam. What's the Instagram page again? Brick of Chicago. And a very interesting story. You come from a uh, family uh, where dad's a politician, yep. mom was involved in politics. Yep. A couple of brothers who aren't involved in the masonry or construction business of any kind. Yes, indeed. Nobody's a historian. My great-grandfather, who adopted my great-grandfather, was an architectural journalist, but he was a steel and glass man out in L.A. And three years ago, you start noticing there's a lot of really cool brick things going on in Chicago. Yes, indeed. Which has developed into this fascination, which has developed into a very hot Instagram page. And, you know, we love our architecture here. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool that you're telling the story. Well, we love our, our you know, our, our big skyscrapers get a lot of uh, an amazing press. Mm-hmm. But there's so many incredible uh, residential and smaller buildings just built by common people uh, that are really incredible. And brick was used by the working class all the way to the wealthy, right? Oh, so yeah. it's for everybody. Yeah, bricks banned everything. And how long does brick last for a building that's made? If you, I mean, if you take good care of it, it'll last, you know, hundreds of years, you know. Where, how do you take care of brick? Well, you got to uh, do what's called a repointing, which is when you redo the mortar. Uh, and that's actually something that people in Chicago have gotten very, very bad at. Uh, Chicago Common Brick, which is the brick that's going to be holding up your building, is a very porous material. And what you're seeing a lot is people using Portland cement uh, to repoint their buildings, which is this very, very strong uh, mortar. So you think that's going to be good, but that's actually then trapping moisture oh. in the building and so creates disease yeah it's exactly. like mold for bricks so, exactly. i've heard of my friends who are in construction talk about tuck pointing yeah that they said oh this building needs tuck pointing yeah that, what does that mean that's um colloquially in in the united states that's the same thing as repointing. oh gotcha it, in europe uh, and in canada it, it means something different it's putting a really fine ribbon in the sometimes mortar. i've gone up to a building and there's been like a brick that's just loose and you can just poke the brick yeah and through. that's, that's Is that is that that's bad. that's the moisture problem? Right? Yeah, that's usually because it's been improperly taken care of, and the moisture trapped inside the wall has started to come out instead of through the mortar. It comes out through the brick, and the brick starts to crumble. Look at you! Yeah, how hot is this at home when you talk to your girlfriend about this? <laughs> I mean, she was there. She was there at the beginning, and when I I moved my collection of fifteen bricks into our new apartment together, it's oh, the biggest sign of commitment. Yeah, yeah, she must really love you. She does. She does. <laughs> All right, now you brought a couple of bricks in before we I finish did. off the list here. What do you have? I got. Uh, let me pick them up. Yep. 
Wow, how easy is that to carry a backpack full of bricks around? That's yeah. great training. Good shout-out. Well, and you're also never going to get mugged on the L. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's true. So I've got a Chicago Common brick here, uh, and mm. this one's got a, a piece chipped off it. And you can see with that how much stuff there is in the Chicago clay. You know, you've got all these pieces of lime and things, and you get a really variable color uh, from pink to red uh, to to yellow. So they the making of the bricks for uh, you know non brick people like us. Yeah. How was it done back then? Uh, back- and is it still the same? Uh, it's it, parts of the same, parts are different. This when commons were made, it was much more of a handmade process, okay. using steam shovels to dig up the clays uh, and then coal-fired kilns to fire them. Still, some uh, mechanics involved. Nowadays, it's much, much more mechanized. I toured a plant that can make a hundred million brick in one year with a staff of thirty-two people. Yeah, um, so, you're not doing those by hand. No, there are still companies that do it though, which are really great. All right, give me another one. All right, so and by the way, all of these um, are going to be on uh, our social media, uh, WGN radio.com so part of what i love about brick is how local it is and so if you go up to milwaukee this is a milwaukee cream city beautiful brick yeah so their clays are much much lower in iron uh and so you get this beautiful smooth creamy brick and this brick in particular comes from the old paps complex and if you hold it but yeah we're both right on the lake so why is their brick so much different it's all about it's all about the glaciers and what was left here uh and what was dug up uh and deposited (laughs) during the ice age (laughs) he could be this coolest he, he could be the coolest college professor about something you had no idea you're interested in yeah and what's the third one and finally i have uh, an example of what's called a face brick so these are common bricks that are holding this up is your a building face brick not something you throw at somebody exactly like right just uh, what you would see on the face of a building exactly so common it would cost you in 1910 about five bucks per thousand these face bricks are going to cost you more like 25 per thousand oh they're beautiful so this is from the kashokton brick and block company in ohio and it's stamped with it it's what's called an iron spot where you'll notice the the front is this beautiful glassy texture with all these dots on it and that's they spray the clay with iron manganese before firing to give wow. it this incredible character. And you can feel it's so much heavier because it's much, much denser. This is, this is very heavy. If you're gonna, I was going to throw one at well, you. Well, and it looks like a piece of artwork. Yeah. yeah, it really is. It really is. So how do we do by way of artistry here? Because some of the brickwork in town... And it made some of it, you see it on the ground yeah. as much as you do on buildings. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's, it's really amazing. And, and part of that is Chicago first grew uh, after the fire in a time when, you know, brick architecture was, was really, really uh, intricate. And then it grew again between 1900 and 1930 at a time when you had brick coming from all over the country and all these um, immigrant uh, artisans doing really amazing things. So oh, we see a ton of great stuff all, all over Chicago. All those great brick bungalows everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And those bungalows, each each one is made unique by the use of masonry. Uh, let's see this Brian from Rogers Park. What'd you find, Brian? Hi, I'm so glad I caught your show this morning. Uh-huh. I swim in the lake. I swim in Lake Michigan off of one of our beaches every day in the summertime. And I oftentimes find bricks out there, the heavy ones, the the bricks with the names on the side of the bricks. Are they tied to or, bodies? <laughs> no, they're not. Okay. No, they're not. Fortunately, they're not. But um, I was just curious where those bricks may come from. I mean, and why do they end up the in the lake? You know, that's a very good question. That's another question I was going to ask. Yeah, my guess, if they've got names stamped on them, they're, uh, uh, they're, they'd like to be pavers, which are those really big, heavy bricks uh, that were used to pave sidewalks and street, uh, streets. Um, and those ones you usually saw the names um, stamped into. Uh, and my guess would be that they was used as fill uh, to reclaim uh, some land as the, as the city expanded into the lake. 
So then it's not like somebody dumped them in the lake. That was actually... It's probably intentional, yeah. There's, uh, a lot of times reclaimed bricks will be used as fill in that way because it, it can be sort of guaranteed a little easier that it doesn't have you know waste material like you know me- medical or radioactive or stuff. I have a very busy life, but um, you got to write a book. Yeah, my my hope is <laughs> no. I mean, is, you do. My hope, yeah, you do. Right. I mean, it's there's so much material here. Yeah, and uh, as we talked about off the air, you can put in lots of pictures. Yeah, indeed. Well, um, this is great because we always hear about how Chicago is one of the greatest architectural cities in the country, but then you don't think about the brick. So this is awesome. You're covering yeah. in niche that needs to be covered and talk about brick ingredients yeah don what do you got so uh i got my master's degree in structural engineering as i'm a structural engineer mm-hmm. and out in denver we visited a masonry plant on the south side of denver and we learned how they cook the clay and they actually pack food specifically dog food in the face of the brick to make the indentations that you see the irregularities in the and the dog food cooks off and you're left with a cavity for aesthetics. So for the artistry of it, the dog food is the proper medium. You know, Van Gogh worked yeah, in dog food. I don't know if you know that. Complete, <laughs> completely useless information. That you'll no, never no, again. listen. That's, it's I, a conversation, I, I, man. Thank you. Thank that, you for listening. That's really incredible. Yeah, you see a lot of different textures used in brick. I've never heard about uh, dog food being used. Right? That's great to know. Yeah. Well, it's also going to be in the book. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we're going to need to stay in touch with you, but let's pop up that and pump up that Instagram page uh, one more time. How do we get there? I'm on Instagram at Brick of Chicago and also online at BrickofChicago.com. It's good to meet you. Great Please to tell meet your you. girlfriend it's lovely of her to put up with you. Well, I will, I'll pass it along. <laughs> and Thank don't, you. D- d- listen, we've got a lot of thieves here. Don't let uh, anybody take your bricks. Oh, no. These are coming back on the L with me. <laughs> Keep that in mind, criminals. Oh, the number one brick. You never told me what the number one brick was in Chicago. Ah, the number one brick in Chicago. That would be... Uh, Schur's High School and Bowen High School, same model built by Dwight Perkins uh, in 1909. Incredible uh, prairie-style buildings with iron spot brick. Thank God Joe remembered that. Can you imagine if I sent him out without knowing that? Will Quam, thank you, Will. Thank you. Oh, hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> is it my turn? It is. Okay. Uh, it's the Steve Cochran Show and Dean Richards. And Dean is standing by now, and he's in the car, and he's headed somewhere. Man, you never stop, do you? Where in the world is Dean Richards today? I think you're going to O'Hare, but I don't know why. I am headed to O'Hare, but Steve, even more important than that, right now I'm in front of uh, the White Castles on Addison and Elston. Trying not to stop? (laughs) What is it about that addiction to sliders? (laughs) Yeah, you know... It always seems like such a good idea when you... Is there anything you want some? Is there anything you regret faster than a White Castle run? Yeah, I'll tell you what. After you know, like a, a, the, like the first one is delicious. The second <laughs> one is like mm, not such a good idea. Third one, <laughs> like oh, this is a terrible idea. A third one, wow! But We're I keep t- going back for more. We're talking about bad slogans this morning because <clears throat> the South Dakota billboards that are up that say meth. We got it, <laughs> which yeah, is just not a great slogan. Uh, and White Castle uh, slogan, uh, you know, um, White Castle, what would it be? White Castle, really? Do you really want it? Uh, because you do. One, two bites, and you're going, I regret most of the choices I've made in my life. I would suggest that, you know, I'm not an advertising person, but just, this is just right off the top of my head. White Castles, is there a bathroom nearby? <laughs> Yes. 
Um, <coughs> I I think some of their slogans have been "Buy them by the sack," "What you yep. crave." And the crave is a powerful thing. And I'm telling you, look, who are we to criticize? One of the uh, most successful businesses in fast food. So good for them. I'm telling you what, there's nothing better than steamed meat. <laughs> I remember when your hit steamed meat was, was out. Um, all right, now listen, I know you work with a lot of wackadoodle people there on the WGN Morning News, but I am concerned about one G. Suki. Because oh. earlier this morning, out of context... She referenced, Super Josh should ask you to pull this clip. She referenced being concerned about being abandoned in the woods. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it wasn't linked to anything else we were talking about. It was linked somehow. That's why it popped up in my mind. <laughs> no, and no, it really wasn't. I can't recall exactly how the conversation went, but it is one of my deep-seated fears of being lost, abandoned on a, a deserted island, or in, lost in the woods. Oh, look at it this way. Dean and I may be moronic, but we're both there for you if you get lost in the woods. <laughs> well, it's because I wear contacts. We were talking about nearsightedness, and I'm blind. And I wear daily contacts, and my fear is that my daily contacts will dry up after a day, and then I'll be so blind that a grizzly bear could come up to me, and I would think it was a person before it was right there. Right. You see what I'm talking about, I'm Dean? I'm going to say if a grizzly bear comes up on you, contact lenses will be the least of your worries. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking Anna Balaval is hearing this explanation and going, wow, geez, lost it. <laughs> yeah. Stand by, Dean. I have questions for you as he makes his way in traffic to O'Hare. G is trying to convince me that her visual acuity is what? A negative what? It's a negative 5.75 in both eyes for contacts. Contact wearers will know what I'm talking about. you have Stevie about. Wonder walking you around. <laughs> This is why I'm afraid of not being able to see and not being without contacts or glasses. I'm telling you right now, your concern was I'm going to be, I'm going to be lost in the woods. <laughs> I'm sorry that you can't see anything, but I'm lost in the woods is really where I was going. Did you get lost in the woods when you were a kid or something? <laughs> no, but no, I don't get it. I have an unreasonable fear that I'm going to be abandoned uh, somewhere in the woods, and then my contacts will... <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Hold on. Let's stop there for a second. Okay, first of you all... You have a fear that you're going to be abandoned in the woods by who? Contacts. Like, I'm just saying, like, I was watching that show Lost, and I was thinking, what if an airplane crashed and I was stuck on an island? I have contacts. I think Mary can relate to this. Yes. My contacts would dry up. I wear dailies. Don't you have a pair of glasses? Yeah. No, I never well. carry a pair of glasses with me at all well, times. Well, considering the danger of the woods, maybe you should. Well, it's just a lot to think about and carry, and I would be terrified. I am so nearsighted that if I were, I, a bear could approach me and I wouldn't know it was a bear until it was hugging me. See what I mean, Dean? You see what I mean, Dean Richards? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that, that is, we're going to... I'm sending that tape to the American Psychological Association for further review. As quickly as possible, please. It um, reminded me, though, of when I was in uh, Boy Scouts, there's uh, kind of this uh, honor group called the Order of the Arrow. And in, in order to get in this honor group, they take you out into the woods in the middle of the night. They the the like the elders, uh, the older scouts in the troop, take you out in the woods and they lose you in the middle of the woods and you have to stay out there by yourself, sleep overnight, uh, you know, figure out, uh, you know, what you need to do, and then find your way back to camp. Somehow. Just abandon but you, just abandon you in the woods. They, Jeez, they greatest do, they fear. Do abandon you. Yeah, I, I can't even believe legally that, you know, that that was even able to be done back in the day, but. Uh, 
you know, that was, uh, but when I was listening to G talking about all that, <laughs> all I was thinking about was when I, you know, was when I, when I did that and, uh, you know, thankfully, I ran into uh, a LASIK surgery clinic in the woods. <laughs> right. I knew it and, was. And, and, by the way, a group of friendly bears that showed him the way. I was going to say right. thank you, Dean, but then it took a turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I try to share a little something about myself. Well, the thing that really impressed me was how sincere you were in your fear. <laughs> I was in a Like moment. all of us have a fear that we're going to be abandoned in the woods. <laughs> And you probably can't even get LASIK, can you? Because your eyes are so bad. That's true. It's not recommended. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I'm waiting for your next album. Uh, Dean, uh, uh, Tom Hanks in the news this morning. Uh, it turns out Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, were talking to somebody who had done some uh, genetic research. I don't know how they got Tom Hanks' DNA. But they found out that through a mutual uh, relative named Johannes Meffert, Tom Hanks and Fred Rogers are sixth cousins. Right, yeah, on the, that red carpet uh, that I was on yesterday, where uh, Tom Hanks uh, did talk to a couple of people, and one of them presented him with his, I, I don't know if it was, uh, you know, the, the same kind of genetic things that, you know, we all can sign up for, uh, but they, they did find out that in the family tree that uh, Mr. Rogers and Tom Hanks are uh, distant cousins, sixth cousins, you know, explains both of their popularity, their their gentleness. You know, similar demeanors. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. Who who knew? Who knew that uh, Mr. Rogers' ancestors got around like that? Um, I don't know if you saw Saturday Night Live last weekend, but Harry Styles was on and did a sketch uh, about Sarah Lee. <laughs> yeah, the Sarah Lee stuff. It was a funny sketch, but the Sarah Lee stuff was, you know, edgy. Well, Sarah Lee's Instagram comments now are full of filthy sexed messages, <laughs> thanks to Harry Styles. And whoever runs social media, Sarah Lee, Sarah Lee's losing her mind this morning, trying to figure out how to stop it. Yeah, social media is the word. It's <laughs> it can be so weird, so weird, and completely a, a absolute waste of time. For all the positives, there are just as many negatives. Yeah, it does. But, how much time do you have on your hand to, to be able to do that? Exactly. Some people, that's all they have. You know, if if they're not uh, taking pictures of their feet or what they're eating, they're posting nasty messages about Sarah Lee or one thing or another on there. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I'll tell you, it's crazy. It's ah, it kids, is. it's crazy out there. Uh, James Holzhauer, Naperville's uh, uh, Jeopardy uh, champion, is going to be up against Ken Jennings and um, a third contestant. I don't know if it's a woman from the University of Chicago or not. For I think it is uh, kind of a tournament of uh, all-time champions. On, yeah. Jeopardy, the greatest of all time. Uh, it's for $1 million, and it'll air, uh, I think it's in January. Um, and Alex Trebek planning on hosting it. We certainly hope he's healthy enough to do so. Yeah, that's very cool. You know, what I'm relieved about is that, thank God, the uh, Taylor Swift nightmare is over. I don't even understand she- that story. She is. She was scheduled to appear on the American Music Awards, which are on Sunday. Uh, you know, she was going to do a medley of her greatest hits, but since her first six albums, the, the legal rights to all of those songs belong to her former record company. They own them, not Taylor Swift. Okay. And then the, the record company got sold and is now. They they were saying that they were not going to give uh, permission for Taylor Swift 
to be able to perform any of her previous songs. So, you know, Taylor Swift went but, on But, but why? Media. I mean, they're promoting the songs. They're going to sell more albums. Well, I, I think it was just a, a ploy for money. Taylor Swift, you know, they say no to Taylor Swift. She goes on her social media, creates a big stir about it, and then Dick Clark Productions gets involved. They're the people that produce the American Music Awards. They make a deal with this record company to pay them an exorbitant amount of money. So I think it was a play just to you know create demand for these uh, Taylor Swift songs and the the web rebroadcast. There's all kinds of money now that this record company is going to make because of this whole big brouhaha. And now also everybody knows that the American Music Awards are on Sunday because this whole thing happened. So yeah, it's not I exactly it the hottest show to watch anymore. Yeah, I, I just think big old publicity stunt and you know a grab for some money on this whole thing. But anyway, they the, the record company and the producers of the award show came to an agreement. Thank God oh, Taylor thank Swift God. will be able to perform her songs as as she had hoped. Well, as you know, I'm a Swifty, and uh, you know we have another uh, Swifty fan club meeting in my Naperville tree fort. Uh, so wait. feel free to come by. Um, and uh, Princess Diana's, uh, her midnight blue Victor Edelstein evening gown, like I need to tell you, Dean, uh, is up for auction from Carrie Taylor Auctions. How much do you think it's going to go for? Six million dollars. A little high. This is the dress she wore to the 85 state dinner with Ronald Reagan at the White House where she danced with John Travolta. Yeah. $453,800 the projected price. Oh, wow. That's a steal. Is that was that paid by John Travolta? Um, I don't know if that's sold yet or... No, that's the estimate. Uh, the estimate. Yeah, that's what they're right. expecting. That's what they're expecting to get. Uh, much like when you try to sell me a house, I'm counting up the cash in my wallet. Boy, I got a lot of ones. Uh, it's not going to be helpful. I have $36 in cash that I'm willing to put forward on the dress. Could you handle that bid for me? I can, I can try to work on that. I'm uh, currently... Uh, we just finished a deal for Kanye West. He just bought a, a ranch in Wyoming, a s- sprawling like twenty-one thousand acre ranch, or you know something just ridiculous. Where uh, you know he, Kim, and all the kids, uh, you know Chicago, North, South, East, Elston, Cicero, all okay. the kids. Okay. Okay. Uh, the, apparently, uh, one day that's where they they want to settle down at a in Wyoming. Can so. you see Kim Kardashian signing off on that? <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a done deal already. He he bought the house. I don't I don't know if you know you you buy it and then you tell her that right what I did today or you know, <laughs> that's kind of it the, seems like that's kind of the relationship they have. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a it's a you know ri- ridiculously large, uh, sprawling kind of a log cabin ranch. Uh, so. You know, hopefully one day we'll all be invited to come up and visit him. And we don't have time to do this story, but J-Lo said she was not paid for the movie Hustler. I assume that means she had points on the back end because Hustler got to get paid. <laughs> I love when you say points on the back end. There's, there's a whole bunch of us whose minds just went someplace else. That's another slogan. Uh, Dean in the car on the way to O'Hare where he's off for another junket. Where's this one? I'll talk to you from this mysterious location tomorrow. I thought I almost had him. Almost had him there. All right, buddy. Yep. Thank you. See ya. 827. We're coming back with the headlines. Steve Grzanich will have those. A little news package here in a couple of minutes still to come on the program. 
What is still to come on the program? I bet you're wondering. How about Breakfast with the Blackhawk with Dylan Strome and Adam Hogue on the Bears and Hipgate? All uh, still to come. That's your term. Hipgate, yeah. Yeah, the great scandal. Because anytime there's any kind of issue, you have to put the word gate in it. That's exactly right. Dylan Strom, Breakfast of the Blackhawks. Slogans still coming up as well. And Dylan Strom will be on Breakfast of the Blackhawk after 9 o'clock. Or I should say before 9 o'clock. One last slogan, Steve, before we go to you in the news. Mm -hmm. The state of Illinois. In your pocket since 1818. (laughs) Not terrible. Not bad. That's not not necessarily false. Steve Grzanich. In the newsroom, there's a couple of city stories I wanted to ask you about. One is that Uber has stepped up, apparently, and said that they have a uh, rideshare fee uh, tax plan uh, idea that would generate $50 million bucks. Is it $50 million? Yeah, it's $50 million bucks. Uh, the city's plan would generate $40 million bucks. Why wouldn't the mayor get on this if it's real? Um, it's about, I mean, it, it, first of all, I'm not sure what, the, I haven't seen that story, so I'll tell you that right off the bat, but I, the mayor, this is part of a wider effort by the mayor to not only funnel money to the CTA to improve public transportation, but also to uh, reduce congestion in the city center. Uh, and so the, the the question I would have immediately is, well, does the Uber money accomplish that goal? Um, what about Lyft and the other companies that, uh, you know, there may be an unfair playing ground situation involved there? Because if you have Uber giving the money, uh, what's going to happen with Lyft and some of the other ride-sharing companies? Well, here's the uh, details as best we have them. Uber's, Uber's latest revisions include a potential game-changer, the ride-hailing giant. And we're reading this from the Sun-Times, by the way is willing to guarantee its plan will generate $50 million in new money. If its plan falls short, it wants the city to compel it and other ride-hailing companies by law to make up the difference. And what does it say about the number of rides that will continue or not continue into the city center? No details. See, that, so that, that's going to be the major sticking point then uh, is... How many cars are coming downtown? Because as, as people have, have, I think, have wrongly tried to make this a, an attack on Uber and Lyft and some of these other ride-sharing companies, this tax, uh, but it's the congestion is the issue that started all of this. And the, the, and, the, and, the, and the realization that people are not using public transportation, and that needs to change. Lightfoot says exactly what you just said, that it would do little to decrease downtown traffic congestion. Uber says it's trying to address that in its latest plan. Seventy-five cents per shared ride, two seventy-five for single rides. The two-dollar difference being, you'd be more likely to share a ride than uh, do single rides. So therefore, there'd be less cars. Um, I don't know. That's a great business model for Uber to suddenly charge two bucks more if you're riding alone. Yeah, it's uh, very complicated and convoluted, but I think something's going to end up being worked out here. I mean, the reality of this is, and we kind of addressed this this morning on the opening bell, uh, between 2015 and 2018, the number of ride-hailing trips by all of these companies into downtown Chicago has tripled. Uh, so that's a lot of cars that were not there before that are suddenly in the downtown area. I think that's one of the things the city is saying, that the tax is going to affect people that can actually afford to pay more as opposed to people. It's going to affect uh, people taking the single rides as opposed to people doing a pool or shared ride. So those folks aren't going to be as affected as much by the tax. And the revenue from the tax, it's hoped, I think City Hall's hoping that that money, which will go to improvements on the CTA, will make public transportation 
more not only viable but uh, more uh, people will want to take it more uh, if they make the improvements that have been listed. We're going to get to Dylan Strom coming up, at the, uh, and we're late here, but Mayor Lori Lightfoot says she's not expecting to do a property tax hike in, tw- hike in 2020. Where'd she find money, or is it a political thing? Well, she did. There was a caveat to that statement saying, listen, this will all change if we don't get this casino next year. She's going to okay. try again in the spring session to get changes to the casino law, and she says, I mean, we have a soundbite of her saying it this morning, that if she doesn't get that, then the, all bets are off, and the whole but thing will have to change next year. And uh, we'll get to Breakfast of the Blackhawk in just a second. Earlier this morning, on Kid of the Week, we had a delightful young lady who uh, didn't like to sleep in the dark, an eight-year-old. And she just, uh, just got scared sleeping in the dark. She didn't want any part of it. That was so she, Catalina. Catalina. And, yeah, Catalina Koshik. So she invented something with help of her mom called Glow Bellies. And what are Glow Bellies? They are a glow-in-the-dark... Um, vinyl stomach bear. So it's a teddy bear. Teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And when you turn the lights off, it glows in the dark. So, you know, you got a little kiddo that's cuddling a teddy bear, and they feel better about it. And you can actually draw on the bear's right. belly, so you can Until make a design. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the greatest thing. It's a cool idea. Yeah. So we were having trouble finding it on Etsy, which is where it's being sold, because people want to buy it. And uh, people were yelling at me on the text line, say, hey, dummy. Mm-hmm. Where's my teddy bear? Mm-hmm. Okay, not exactly, but no, 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 no. Uh, so the technical problem with uh, Etsy and the vendor has been fixed. So how do we find it now? Go to Etsy.com, and then in the search bar at the very top of the web page, just put in Glow Belly Designs, all one word. So G L O W B E L L Y D E S I G N S. So make sure that's plural, all one word, Globelly Designs, and the bear will pop up. And earlier we were talking about various slogans and things, and uh, one of the out there helpful texters wanted Mary Vandeville to know that in the new Lincoln SUV commercials, a woman is napping in her driveway. Oh, so, should have got that part. Yes, because uh, heck? she was napping in her driveway before napping in her driveway I was, was cool. I invented it. I bet there are, that would be a very comfortable car to nap in. Yeah. It's probably yeah. got heated seats. Sometimes, I had that one, I'd live in it. Yeah, the seats sometimes will even <laughs> have, have can massage you. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> Time for breakfast with the Blackhawk, and uh, let's go to Dylan Strom standing by, friend of the program on the hottest team in hockey. How good does that sound, Dylan? Sounds really good. Thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah, good to talk to you again. I was out there Sunday night. You guys look great. Thank you. Yeah, we we uh, we got something going here. I think we we're feeling good. So hopefully, we can uh, keep going on this homestand and get two more wins. Is there something to the fact that a team, you know, individual being in the zone, you know, the net looks huge. Uh, same in basketball, the net looks huge. Um, can a team be in a zone? Can you get that kind of rhythm going? Yeah, I think I think we kind of got it going right now. It's just like I feel like if we make a mistake, our goalies have been so lights out that we just know it's not going to go in. And um, no, we've got a lot of confidence in them. So I think we're just playing. We're playing loose hockey, and it's it's fun hockey. So it's um, it's you know I think we're being responsible. At the same time, we're taking some chances, and you know if it's not paying off. And our goalies have been uh, right there behind us to, to stop it every time. Dylan, you have uh, six points during this four-game winning streak, and I, I just wonder if you see a difference or feel a different kind of connection with Patrick Kane when he gets on one of these streaks like he's on right now. Yeah, 
it's uh, you know I think we we try not to talk about it as, as much as we can. I mean, obviously he's playing unbelievable lights out, and you know it's fun to be on his line when when things are going. Uh, you know, it's fun to be on his line all the time, but it's fun to be on his line when he when he's really rolling like this. So um, you know he's a, he's a heck of a player, and you know it's his birthday today, so maybe we can get him a couple of birthday goals or something. Happy birthday, Kaner! He's getting old too. <laughs> did you notice? <laughs> no, I won't tell him that. Yeah, what is he? Thirty-one. Uh, I think 31. More than 88, so yeah, 31. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, time to move on. Time for the old hockey <laughs> yes. home. Uh, all right, so how about this kid, this Kirby Doc kid? Comes in now. You're old compared to Kirby Doc. How old are you, Dylan? <laughs> I'm 22. Yeah, you're 22. I mean, it's over for you. Uh, Kirby Doc comes in. He's 18 years old. He's got five NHL goals already. Right? I yeah, mean, that's he's... impressive. Yeah, he's he's a he's a guy that I think you know he got hurt in, in uh, rookie camp, so we didn't see him in, in training camp pretty much at all. Um, then he came to Prague with the whole team, and um, no, he was he's a really really nice really nice guy. He's a guy that works hard on the ice, and um, no, it's it's showing it's showing uh, in games. I mean, he's he gets it done, and uh, it's it's fun to be a part of. You know, it's it's great for him. He's eighteen year old kid, and he's having this much success. And um, I think the the future is definitely very bright for him. You know, you look around, and and of course, and and you and Alex DeBrinket have played together for a long time, and you're on that line with him, and 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 you guys are young. And and he had, has had such a great start to his career, but but I know Steve said this somewhat sarcastically. But I mean, you're 22. You look around. There's a lot of guys on this team who are having success, and and it's a very young group now. So, is there a lot of talk about how you kind of take with with so much youth? Do you guys lean more heavily on some of the older guys here? I mean, I mean, you're one of the veterans now on this team. <laughs> I wouldn't say that exactly. I think there's some some guys that are um, no legends on this team. So I mean, uh, obviously, uh, I think I, I you're, you're making me sound old here. I think I we are myself, old. Yeah, I, I still my I consider myself a young guy. So I think we, we all of us, you know, younger guys look, look up to those uh, those older guys for sure. Um, but you might you you, you, you got to be ignore over. them, Dylan. They're jealous <laughs> of you. Yeah, yeah these true. are the old guys. No, it's true. I remember 22. It was 1983. So. Uh, <laughs> So, Dylan, you and DeBrinket, I one of the things I did at convention was host a couple of panels and a game show and things. And you and DeBrinket are like brothers. Uh, you know, you're busting each other all the time. You're giving each other a hard time. But, you you know, you'd walk in front of a bus for him. He's your brother. So who's more annoying to the other? You to DeBrinket or DeBrinket to you? Well, I think I'm a lot more, a lot more outgoing. Nope. Do we lose him? Watch us on a daily basis. You'd definitely say I'm the more annoying one than he is. <laughs> I, I, I egg him on a lot. I egg him on a lot. I think he annoys me, but I, I think I definitely annoy him more. You know, I'm all, I think he can do him on purpose or or I don't know, doing something stupid like touching his sticks or or something, getting in the way of him. So, <laughs> coach, he's touching my sticks. Yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> um, so last time, well, you played Nashville on the road. It was a bad night. You played him again the other night. You went back to Nashville and whipped him. Uh, now, Carolina, which was the game before Nashville last month, you had a rough day against the Hurricanes on that Saturday afternoon. Now you're playing him again, playing him at home. Uh, is this kind of an, another way to kind of see how far you've come over that two, three weeks since since you played him the last time and just see how much progress you guys have really made? 
think, um, you know, we're a different team than we were then, and uh, we're a good hockey team. They got some, some. Uh, they they've, they've been on. Uh, so they, you know, obviously with them making it to the conference finals last year, they're you know a team that knows how to win. So um, they took it to us pretty good last time we were in Carolina, and we didn't get we didn't get much. I think it was you know I think it was three nothing final. So um, maybe even four nothing. So we gotta. We got to find a way to, to solve their goalies, and I think, but like I said, I think we're a different team now, and um, hopefully, we find a way to, to come out on top tonight. Uh, it's going to be good, and uh, we have a non-hockey related question from G. Suki for Dylan Strom. Okay, Dylan, okay. are you ready for this? Yes, okay, I'm ready. so I know that over the summer you went through some serious training changes. You changed your ice posture. Um, you feel like this has improved your stamina. Um, you're always focused, so you're eating right. I want to know when you're having a cheat meal, what is your go to favorite junk food? What do you love to indulge on? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> I, I think I'd have to go with, uh, with, and it's a nice, nice bowl of ice cream with uh, like maybe a chocolate chip cookie. I think that's my that's my go. What like, flavor ice cream? This is in depth journalism. Ice Vanilla ice cream with chocolate chip cookie, yeah, warm up chocolate chip cookie. Can't beat that's that. That's my go stuff. Okay, that's good All stuff. Right. That'll end wars. Uh, Dylan, have fun tonight, man. Go get it, and let's keep this roll going. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having sure. me. Here. Happy birthday, Thanks. Kenner. Patrick Kane didn't get him anything for his birthday either. Steve Grzanich, did you know you and Kane share a birthday? Yeah, we were actually going out later today. Oh, are you? Yeah. Oh, excellent. <laughs> you know, he, he has a game. You know that, right? Yeah, well, <laughs> we're trying to fit it in before the game. Don't, get, don't keep him out too late. You we could share your plan. cake with him. <laughs> yeah, can we get that cake presented next yeah, hour? When is the yeah, cake happening? Where the... You guys let me know. Cake's sitting here. I'm going to eat it soon. <laughs> All right, coming up, the presentation of the cake. <laughs> Here we go to Adam Hogue. Adam Hogue, the man with two names. It's only pronounced as one. Uh, who does such a great job covering football, not just uh, uh, the Bears, but also Northwestern with uh, Dave Bennett. Good morning to you, Adam Hogue. Good morning, everyone. As we speak, Adam Hogue, right now, um, you know, you've got impeachment hearings going on. Um, you've got controversies and troubles around the world. But nobody is more troubled uh, than all of Chicago on Hipgate. What is the true story of the hip of one Mitch Trubisky, as we know it. Uh, look, Mitch Trubisky did suffer a hip injury uh, the the other night in Los Angeles. The, the question is, is how severe was it really? He took a knee from Michael Brockers of the Rams on the uh, last sack he took in the second quarter, and uh, he was evaluated at halftime. Somewhere a communication breakdown happened, uh, whether it was you know starting with Mitch trying to conceal how much pain he was actually in, uh, the trainer is not realizing it, and the head coach obviously not realizing it because he was calling plays like that third and one sprint option uh, that you would never call if you uh, realized that your quarterback was as hurt as he clearly was. So uh, this was a, a debacle, and the Bears didn't handle it well. I don't think they handled the communication to NBC very well either because all of America and anybody in Chicago watching on TV was left thinking that this was a benching which it really wasn't, and it doesn't make sense to bench Mitch Trubisky in that moment when you're still only down 10 uh, and have the football. That There's really no logic there whatsoever. But this is just the latest in what has been a really tough year for both Matt Nagy and Mitchell Trubisky, and uh, just another crisis here to navigate. So uh, I get all that, and I don't want to be Captain Skeptic here, 
But why give you the sideline hug with plastic wrapped around both of our heads to tell you you got to be honest with me about how you're hurt and, and take a seat, young man? What 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 else all the secrecy about? Well, I think there was a realization that Trubisky, it was probably a slow realization for Matt Nagy, realizing how hurt he was and, you know, probably what I just said. Nagy probably realized he had called plays he shouldn't have because he didn't know how badly his quarterback was hurt. Now, by the way, that's unacceptable. You know, whether it's the quarterback communicating, whether it's the trainers, assistant coaches doing their jobs on the sideline, because that's part of their job. Yeah, you got 15 people in that food chain who could go, Coach, we got a hurt quarterback here. Well, and players always want to play, and I will give Trubisky credit for that. And so that's why those guys are on the sideline, your training staff, your doctors, your assistant coaches are crucial in that communication level. They need to know when players are hurt when those players aren't telling them they're hurt. That's part of what happens on the sidelines. And so I think what happened is Nagy finally said, look, if you really can't move, if you can't sit on a bench, if that's true, because Nagy said that yesterday at House Hall, that Mitch couldn't even sit down he was so hurt. Well, then I think he finally said to Mitch, you need to tell me the truth here. And once Mitch did, he said, all right, then you're out. And... um that I just it did, I understand the optics on television. It didn't look good, but I also don't see any logic whatsoever in why you would bench Trubisky there. Uh, bad slogans all morning, uh, Adam Hogue, because the South Dakota governor's office uh, has done a, an ad campaign that says "meth." Period. We got it. I saw that. So here's one <clears throat> suggestion from a helpful listener in the eight four seven. How about Illinois license plates that say "Where our governors make our plates." That's not terrible. <laughs> That's good. That's pretty strong. All right, 920, back to Bears Talk and Hipgate. Dave. All right, so, um, assume, you know, I you tweeted something last night, Adam, that I, I really I, I tend to go along with, with people suggesting, let's play Chase Daniel. That gives the Bears the best chance to win. They're four and six. They have a quarterback. They drafted number two. Uh, you're... you're Barring something really spectacular happening here down the stretch, you're not looking at the playoffs. Uh, right. You have to figure out what you got. Why would you play a 100%. veteran quarterback now? Uh, who, by the way, and and certainly he's got a lot of experience. He's he's been with a bunch of teams. He's he's started games in the NFL over a period of years, off and on. He started uh, for the Bears earlier this year because of injuries to Trubisky. But why would you make that decision? Why do people think that would give the Bears a better chance to win? Because they're not—they're th- just not thinking about this logically. I mean, look once your once your playoff hopes are over in 2019, everything left to play for this year is for 2020. Right. Now, sometimes we end up having the discussion about draft picks then, and you know maybe you should lose some games to get a better pick. That's why we talk about it. But this year, the Bears don't have a first round pick because they traded it to Oakland. So right now, the only thing that matters is getting these problems fixed. And your number one problem right now is at the quarterback position, and you need to find out what you have in. Mitchell Trubisky. So if he's healthy, he needs to play. If you're arguing that Chase Daniel should play these last six games, you are arguing that you think Chase Daniel has a chance to be the Bears' starting quarterback in 2020, which is just not... That's just stupid. It just is. So... 
Uh, if now, if Trubisky has a serious hip injury, I don't think it's serious. I think it's like a bruise, uh, it, or if he needs to have shoulder surgery, which I, I think is actually a real possibility here. It's not. It's not. It's his non-throwing shoulder. But there are things that I think need to be taken care of before the 2020 season starts. And if and if you look at it like that, and you're the Bears, and you're saying we got to get this this guy right as soon as possible, well, then maybe there's an argument for shutting him down. But I don't think that's where Mitch is at physically. He needs to play. He needs to come somehow put together some good tape here by the end of the season. And if he can't do that, well, then the Bears need to know that. They need to have the full evaluation. And, and by the way, after Sunday, Steve, when they play the New York Giants, they play Thanksgiving Day at Detroit, which always seems to be a tough day for the visiting team, regardless mm-hmm. of, you know, it, although Detroit obviously has some issues now with Stafford. So let's say right. they win both of those. Now they're 6-6. Six and six. Okay, but but you here are your, your last four are against teams that are either going to be in the playoffs or are going to be fighting for the playoffs. Dallas, Green Bay, Kansas City, and Minnesota. Right, so, right now, there's no reason to believe they win any of those. Right, but but what I'm saying, so so this is going to be a great test for your quarterback to go against teams that are hungry to make the either playing for the playoffs or for home field, right, Adam? I mean, that's how it kind of shakes out. Yeah, it is, and and I think you know. I also want to point out, I didn't think Trubisky played that poorly on Sunday night. I actually thought, I mean, he didn't have a great game, but for he was hanging in there and putting. It probably was his second best performance of the season, which is another reason why I don't think there's any argument that he actually got benched at the end of the game. I've seen this guy play a heck of a lot worse and not get benched, so. Um, it, it, that's the thing. If he can somehow, it, the Giants are not a good team. So if he can play Sunday, he should. You got to build this guy's confidence back up somehow. And I actually thought, for at times on Sunday night in Los Angeles, he was doing that. So I, I just, I just, he's got to play. And even though these games are tough, they're good tests for him. They're good tests for the Bears. They're, they're, there's a lot of decisions that they need to make this off season with this roster, and they need to find out what they have. Here's the thing that uh, is different right now. What we're talking about is stopping the pain. <laughs> we just we just want to see something good out of this football team, especially with so much on the line in regards to expectations of what we had. I agree with you both, 100%. you got to find out what you have. But, in the meantime, I watched Monday Night Football last night, and I know what you guys are going to say, yeah, touchdown I, Kansas I was City. I thinking the same thing. But my man Mahomes, yeah. he throws a floater. Just easy floater down the sideline, drops it right full stride into the tight end. Uh, it was a case, uh, uh, Kelsey. The, Kelsey for the yep. Chiefs drops it right into his hands. I mean, there's a difference. There's such a difference between the level of play at the two guys we passed on in the draft and where Mitch Trubisky is. So, if for no other reason, Adam, and I think you're saying the same thing, play him to try to get some confidence back. Yeah, because I think that that's been the biggest issue this year. It's just the, the confidence. When he loses confidence, he he's, he doesn't see the field well. When he doesn't see the field well, his mechanics break down, his accuracy gets worse, and it just starts to snowball. That's what we've seen this season. I think it goes back to the opener against the Packers. They broke him. They broke his confidence. It's been a struggle all season long to get it back. And all of a sudden, he had a good game against the Lions. I thought he had a decent game the other night against the Rams. And unfortunately, this injury pops up. They lose. You have to build this back up. You're absolutely right, Steve. I mean, he's not going to be Patrick Mahomes. Nobody's saying that. No one's saying that You know, he's going to be a superstar. But there's still a chance he can be a decent starter, uh, a, a player you can win with if you have a good defense. Right now, 
they have a good defense. They've been not been able to win with this offense as a whole with this quarterback. And they just got to figure this out here in these last six games so that in 2020 they have a chance. Because the Bears aren't going anywhere, by the way. There's still talent on this roster. They're going to be relevant next year. It's just a matter of can they fix enough problems here to be a real contender in 2020. Speaking of confidence, uh, my impression from watching was that Eddie Pinheiro was still confident even after missing the field goal against the Chargers. Uh, but but I saw the interviews. You were there in the locker room after the game Sunday night where basically uh, for the first time he seemed uh, to he cut the question short, right? Am I, am I uh, characterizing this correctly, that, that his... He was sort of uh, a little bit bewildered, I think, by, by what had happened there in the first quarter. Yeah, and I was too because, honestly, I thought his struggles as of late had more to do with the wind and the weather conditions that he's just never kicked in before in his life. So I thought going to Los Angeles where it was an 80-degree night would work in his favor, and he was just bad, uh, missing two field goals. I also don't think Matt Nagy did him any favors by not going for that second one, not attempting the second one because it basically said, hey, look, I don't have confidence Mm -hmm. in my kicker, which, by the way, at that point was a fair – it was fair for Nagy to feel that way, but then to come back on the third one right. and try again, like the logic just didn't add up there. Right. And, and, and then he misses that one. So I do. He's now only he's uh, three for his last seven. Eddie Pinheiro struggling. And look, that's another thing though. If you were competitive right now, if you still had a chance at the playoffs, I'd say you got to bring in kickers today and try them out. But they're not doing that. They're not doing that. So this is still a young kicker with a good leg. Let this guy ride out the last six games, too. See if he can get his confidence back. Because I still think Eddie Pinheiro has a chance to be a good kicker in the NFL. And if you just start going down this road of finding other options, you're going to be right back where you were, where you have been for the last four years. Texter says, uh, Carm, we all love Carm. Mark Carmen, soon to be Mr. Um, married. Mark Carmen. <laughs> Mr. Trophy. Yeah, yes. Carm said it best. We got duped. Build his confidence. He should have $40 million of confidence. I don't know if the texts are saying that or Carm said that. Look, uh, there's no price tag on confidence. I don't care how much money you make. That doesn't make you confident. Right. Confidence comes from success. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't had any yeah. since last season. So right. that's, yeah. a, that's a long time. And by the way, he, I, and I'm not being flip, he could be broken. He may not ever be right again. But oh my God! Oh my, you professionally, just said that. Professional. Holy moly! No, we have seen it. We have seen yeah. professional athletes before who Steve. never come back yeah. from something like Don't this. Don't put that out. Having out. said that, he <laughs> could also come back and be better than last year. So we deserve to find that out. His you know mother what? could be listening right now. What's her fault? <laughs> do, do you guys remember Chuck Knobloch? Of course. That someone brought that name up to me recently, comparing Mitch Trubisky. When Chuck Knobloch one day plays, Chuck Knobloch forgot how to throw to first, he just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, and and he was broken, and he, yep. he just had the yips. And it's possible that Mitch never. You're right, that is a possibility. But you have to find out here in these last yeah. six games if he can turn it around. Would you rather be the Rams, who who paid uh, Goff 110 million guaranteed? Mm-hmm. I mean, is he that? Is he that far above Trubisky on the ladder? I mean, he's going to the Super Bowl. I get that. Yeah. But, uh, you know. But you could argue that that was somewhat of an emotional decision because they went to the Super Super Bowl. Bowl. That Mm -hmm. they jumped the gun a little bit. He was the first player taken to the I'm broken listening to this conversation. I... I 
Listen, listen. Two hours ago, two hours ago, you were wandering around in the woods, the wondering woods. if a bear was I'm attacking really broken. you. Broken. This conversation has uh, destroyed me. WGM, I'll never be the same again. WGMRadio.com for everything that Mr. Hogue writes. And by the way, when I say Mr. Hogue, who do I mean? Adam Hogue. Adam Hogue. That's right. And uh, the next Hogue John's podcast is when? Uh, today, actually. Okay. Today and another one Thursday. So the Bears' yep. content keeps coming. Right, my friend. Thank you. Bye, guys. See you, Adam, Adam Hogue. Adam Hogue's good, isn't he? Yeah, Adam Hogue's very good. Yeah. Uh, right now, Vivian is uh, lighting the candles on Steve Grzanich's birthday cake, and we have to be a little bit careful because we don't know how sensitive the smoke and fire alarms in in here, and we'd rather not flood this multi-million-dollar facility. Um, you know, it's only been up and running here for about a year. So happy birthday, Steve. Thank you. There's uh, quite a few uh, candles here that uh, you need more. more. Did you do all 51? What is 51? it? 51. 51? Yeah. So you're about uh, 40 short. 51 is the new 41. uh, Who said that? (laughs) I just did. Gee, just now, just a second ago. (laughs) Do I have to blow these out? Yeah, you got to make a wish first, and your wish cannot involve me not doing the show anymore. (laughs) Someone's already had that wish. Yeah, I've already had my sandwich this morning, so it can't be for another sandwich. Let's see. Oh, here we go. All right, here you go. Nice! Well done! That was good. Here it goes. All right, blow that smoke away. There you go. And Mary Vandeveld, tell me the secrets of this cake. It's not a secret. It's a Portillo cake. It's very easy to make. But not purchase at Portillo's. No. You hand homemade it. Hand yeah, home. But hand it's home. super easy. You just use wow. mayonnaise. But it's really good. It's really mayonnaise good. is the secret. That's this the is secret. Mary Vandeveld, who's Candle. a tremendous cook. This is her birthday specialty yeah. that she does for mm. And I put light mayonnaise it's, it's, it's on just it. Like what? Just for you guys. What? You get light to... Mayonnaise. <laughs> Wait, Sorry. what? Do you, you get to take the whole... Oh, wait, yes, hold you on a can. Second. It tastes news. exactly the same. There's only one kind of mayo, and it's not light. No. I've had light mayo, Mary, and it doesn't I'm just trying to help you guys mayo. out. Okay. Vivian, don't waste that icing. That icing needs to be... Besides, I didn't have an entire cake. There's, like an, there's an entire cake. It's in very moment. sloppy. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's oh. great. Well done by you, Mary Vanderbilt. Thank you. Nice and by the way, uh, if you spread some of that icing on G when she wanders into the woods later, it'll be easier for the bears <laughs> to find her. Oh, there you go. You know, Mary is the keeper of the birthdays. It's so nice that she, she does a very nice job. Everybody did, I yeah. am saying that I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between a tree or a bear <laughs> until I was up close to it. Yeah, okay. Yeah that, makes it, yeah, that makes it less crazy. How's your vision? My vision, let's see, I signed up for vision care this year this in, in the open enrollment because it's going oh but you're, going. you have perfect eyesight uh, this no, is great. i like how you're planning for body destruction right. yeah i'm already had to use the readers so uh-huh. i figured like sometime in the next year I, i'm going to need that vision understood benefit, so um and what are your plans for your birthday other than hanging out with patrick king i'm uh, probably going to go have lunch with some friends a little bit later oh good oh where are you going can i don't I, know yet. can it's i a come surprise. can i join it's you a surprise. i hope yeah. they treat your goal is somebody to buy you breakfast lunch and dinner today. well we're meeting the owner of the company for the first time in about 20 minutes so maybe he'll pop right so all right you're cutting the cake now cut the cake uh and steve happy birthday thank you very much um you think they'll go to duncan for lunch (laughs) (laughs) probably not well i hope that'd be great that would be tremendous all right all right you get to take the first bite before we ask you to do the weather all right here we go and still to come orion samuelson will join us here in uh, just a couple minutes uh and then uh, bill and wendy coming up at uh, 10 o'clock what's your review Mm. tremendous right yeah, that's very good. Tremendous. Mm-hmm. It's very good. <laughs> See, you can't tell it's light, can no, you? No, I can't. No, it's very good, no. Mary. Tremendous. Oh, and, and Dave, in case you missed it, Dave and it, Mr. Healthy. Yeah? That's Portillo's mm. cake made by Mary Vanderbilt. Oh, I know. I've had Mary's but Portillo. 
with diet. light mayonnaise. What are you looking forward to <laughs> okay, in this I didn't have the next stuff. year of life? I just want to be able to get out of bed without hurting. Oh, Steve, you're gonna, something Steve, more exciting Steve, than that. Downhill from Let here, me tell you right? something oh. from 58 to you. Yeah. Those days are over, yeah. my friend. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. Every day something else hurts. Come on. Gosh, I feel you guys, better now than I did 20 years ago. Yeah, but you are not getting out of bed without being sore and stiff How do you know? Yes, I am. Because we've, we've been sleeping together for years. You know that. What? Wow. You guys right. gave me so many things to look forward to. Right. Yeah. You know, when I How old are you again? I'm 26. Yeah, okay. Oh, you got Thanks. plenty of time. <laughs> All right. Orion Samuelson should be standing by at his remote studio location. How are you, sir? Well, I'm doing fine. Hope you are, too. Although the desert is beginning to cool down and they're talking about rain for the next four days off and on. You know, a big rain in the desert is uh, 12 drops per square foot, but mm-hmm. uh, it uh, it could change over the next uh, four or five days or so. But uh, When was the last time you had a good gully washer? A good gully washer here probably about two years ago, and I remember snow on the streets of Scottsdale when it uh, turned cold, when it was precipitating. But the thing about gully washers in the desert, the rain tends to fall up in the mountains, and then it gathers speed and momentum and comes rushing into the valleys, and uh, you get pretty good flooding. Yeah, that's damaging. Um, All right, several questions for you, Big O. Okay. We've got a stock market that's doing great, rocketing along. um, You know, maybe not cooking like it was a year ago, but the numbers are still very impressive. Um, yet, we've got uh, uh, the largest milk producer filing for bankruptcy, Dean Foods. Um, you got a record number of uh, farm bankruptcies, highest number since 2011. Is this all related to the horrible spring weather, or what is going on here? Well, spring weather is a big part of it, but uh, the ongoing trade discussions between China and the United States, and I've run out of the number of times I've said this, well, today things are good with China and the U.S., so the market's up. But the next day, the attitude is, no, things are not good, so the market goes down. We've seen it on Wall Street. We've seen it in the grain trade. We've seen it in the livestock trade. And it's just a very difficult situation to uh, interpret from the standpoint of what you do with the market activity. For example, today, we're looking at a grain market that's doing quite well. But part of that probably is the fact that we've had not only difficulty planting the crop, but we're having difficulty harvesting the crop. The weekly numbers that came out As of Sunday night, we still have one-fourth of the corn crop standing in the field. Probably won't get harvested until uh, the spring thaw. And normally, at this point in time, uh, we'd only have 8% left in the field of corn to harvest. Soybeans doing better there with 91% harvested as of Sunday night. And uh, that compares to the five-year average of 95% harvested. But I'm hoping that we'll be talking about this year, 19, you remember 19 for a long time because I don't want to see a worse year to replace it in the next year or two. It it has been very challenging and continues to be that way. And then you add to it the uncertainty of trade situations and uh, selling the crop and marketing it to overseas clients. 
And I have to tell you, one, you know how I feel about lawsuits. We mm-hmm. waste so much time in the courtroom with lawsuits. But the one that really got to me about a week and a half ago, an environmental activist by the name of James Ehlers filed a lawsuit against Ben and Jerry's, the ice cream maker, because he said it deceived consumers by touting that the milk and cream it used to make ice cream came exclusively from happy cows. (laughs) And in the complaint that was filed, he said they breached consumer trust by representing that the milk and cream were sourced from cows on Vermont dairies that participate in its Caring Dairy Program. And he said less than half of the milk and cream actually come from happy cows. Now, I grew up milking cows. and uh, Did you have long talks with them in the barn about how happy they were? Oh? Yeah, I did. I said, we're trying to uh, improve conditions for you with more bedding and more feed and all that. So because we want to keep you happy. And obviously, this lawsuit, gentlemen, has not been on a dairy farm to uh, to see, you know, the differences that we've made over the years. But come on, wasting time in a courtroom with a lawsuit. I think it's an attorney who's trying to make a little money. But uh, You know, I uh, I agree, by the way. Um, um, I have no judgment against vegans and vegetarians. Good for you. If that's what you choose to do. I don't either. Do. No, it's fine. That's what you I'm glad we have the choice. Yeah, and if that's what you choose to do, it's fine. I think you're missing out, but that's your call. Um, but yet, vegans and vegetarians are very judgmental about we and the meat-eating uh, side of things. Um, and I think we could all get along better if we just let, let it go, because here's the reality. If we suddenly stop processing pigs and steer and all the things that we do to supply the world with meat, what do you think is going to happen to those animals? Do you think they're going to live into old age? Do you think that everything's going to be fine? No, they're going to die in horrible conditions or they're just going to die. So what is more humane? You know, that's the part I don't understand because nobody extends the argument out that way. No, they don't. And they should, because it takes that kind of understanding to realize. And besides that, if we got rid of cows and dairy cows and other livestock, are you going to join me in the pasture to eat grass? (laughs) Right, 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 right. Because they are the ones that convert grass and other plants into the kind of meat that we have. And again, I'm glad we have the choice. You can do whatever you want. But when I watch some of the commercials for the Whopper without meat, I I still don't understand this vegan standpoint. It's got to look like meat. It's got to smell like meat. It's got to cook like meat. And it has to taste like meat. I don't understand that. I don't know why it has to do that if you're a vegan. Yeah, right. Uh, You made your choice. uh, So enjoy it. Yes, Um, absolutely. All right. Now, what about the Christmas tree supply? Are we going to be okay there? We'll be okay there because, frankly, uh, Christmas tree growers have been challenged by the artificial trees. And uh, those artificial trees are selling very, very well. So it does cut down the demand on the live Christmas tree. But uh, we'll have enough trees and uh, the price... This is the other thing, you know, a tree is like a corn plant, except its maturing process takes a lot longer because corn we plant in the spring and it's mature in the fall and we harvest it. 
but you plant a seedling tree in the forest and we do that all the time some people lose sight of the fact that we constantly are planting trees for the coming of the new forest because before we were here on the planet mother nature did that with the kind of fires that we're seeing now but uh, then there weren't any houses and there weren't any highways and there weren't uh, a lot of things in the landscape of course that we now have to put up with but uh, yeah we'll have enough christmas trees Last question. Uh, You've talked about this for years. Arizona and Hawaii are the only states that don't deserve the time change. A bill to make daylight saving time permanent in Illinois uh, might be one step closer to getting done. The Illinois Senate approved it on Tuesday. We'll see what happens when it goes to the House, and it'll probably end up in the spring session. But uh, what do you think? Did you hear anything about this? No, I haven't heard anything about it because, as you say, uh, here in Arizona, and we're here for time changes frequently, and you don't change your clock because the... uh uh, the law here says, no, we don't want daylight saving. I remember when daylight saving started in World War II, and I remember walking the mile to school in cold winter snows, and it was totally dark in the morning. And so then they said, because of the war effort, we have to do what we can to conserve power, and we have to do what we can to uh, provide daylight for the military, the defense factories, to build what they needed for World War II. But then after the war ended, they decided to keep it. My dad, I think, gave me the best definition of daylight saving that I've heard, and I'll share it with you. He said, daylight saving is like cutting a foot off the bottom of the blanket and sewing it on top of the blanket to make it longer. Doesn't make it any longer. <laughs> no, it doesn't make we a lot of sense. A, we still have the same amount of sunlight. Yeah, it does not make a lot of sense. Uh, all right, my friend. Best of glory, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks. Bill and Wendy are here. Bill, uh, yeah. you're not going to be able to be at this meeting we're having in a couple of minutes, uh, a I staff know. meeting, I know. where we're going to meet uh, the guy that owns the company. Yeah. So do you have any questions you'd like me to ask on your behalf? Uh, where do babies come from? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was rich. I would give you fifty thousand dollars to ask that question in the middle. Of the <laughs> I do. I do it for forty nine five. Forty nine dollars and fifty cents. No, forty nine thousand five hundred. Oh. Listen, I know you guys love G like Dave and I do. Yeah, we do. But we are worried that she's going to oh wander God, off into the, the woods. Blood, it's the number one fear in America. Earlier on this morning, woods. Um, we were talking to... about nearsightedness and farsightedness. Yeah. And she said she's concerned because she's afraid because of her contacts. Yes. She might be lost in the woods and she oh. wouldn't know if a bear was approaching her or, or not. Oh, no. And oh, I no. made the point that you're vision really isn't your problem <laughs> it's the fact that you're concerned about being lost in the woods i the point is i'd have to be within two feet of something to know whether it was a bear or a tree trunk still doesn't answer the question about why you're in the woods uh what are you doing today you got five seconds we're gonna talk about that it's the number one tree in america <laughs> abandonment in the woods all right kids we'll see you tomorrow i think Aww.